Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not, however, what we're doing here today. No, today we are doing something a little bit different. We're discussing a Best Picture Cast tournament winner what we call an honorary episode, and that will be the winner of our sports movie tournament, and that movie is a league of their own, which was the dominant winner of the tournament, and I will introduce in a moment not just the person who won the tournament, who chose a league of their own, uh, also a few others who are here to talk, sports and movies and all sorts of things with us. I do want to say before we start, you can follow us on our social media accounts at Best Picture Cast. Just type Best Picture Cast into any of those, any podcast platforms. You can check us out there too. Rate and review, help us out. Recommend the podcast to any movie lover you know, whether they're a friend or a foe. And uh, help us out. We love to have new listeners. We love to have new people interacting with us. So hit us up on all of our socials at Best Picture Cast. You can also shoot us an email at bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. We are here to talk movies here, talk sports movies, talk baseball movies, talk women's baseball movies. It is a league of their own. And we have our debut Tom Hanks episode, our debut Gina Davis episode, our debut Madonna episode, all sorts of things. But first, I'm going to introduce the man who chose this movie for the tournament who got his first Best Picture Cast tournament win. He is the infamous Artie B. Artie, Kieran, Kieran, you're going to have to speak up. I'm all the way up on this pedestal. <laughs> well, windy. I, I think a lot of us feared the day that Artie would finally win and get oh, yeah. to boast, uh, boast around the crowd. And here you are. Here we are. As you should have. <laughs> As if you've listened to the podcast before, you know Artie dates all the way back to the very first pilot episode, which was The Departed. It's been on all the rankings episodes in between. A few of those honorary episodes, too. You were just on our Princess Bride episode. Been on The Lion King as well. Right, Lion King. I believe Roadhouse, too. Oh, yeah, our, Roadhouse. our first tournament winner. So we've had uh, had you on a few of those. So that's, that's been fun. I want to talk about the runner-up of this tournament, who is grinding his teeth as we speak. It could have been him. He could have been a contender. But he is, instead, the runner-up. He's Chris G. Chris, how are you today? Not well. You know, <laughs> it was heartbreaking. Uh, damn it. Especially losing to Artie. This is particularly tough. The Rockford Peaches of the tournament. Yes, Artie barreled you, uh, barreled you over at home plate. Sure you did. just couldn't hang on to the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be wor- and honestly, it would be worse if it was a little closer, but League of Their Own kind of smashed me at the, at the end. I didn't have a chance. It, was, it wasn't even close. So. Mm. Yes. But uh, you are here today, and you've, uh, you're no stranger to the podcast. You've been here from the beginning, too. You were on the third ever episode, Rain Man. And uh, you've been on a few of the honorary episodes, too. Uh, both of our Thanksgiving episodes, yeah. The Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me. Great episodes Absolutely. on great movies. Uh, I think our Halloween episode, the horror tournament winner you were on. Oh, yeah. And yeah. many, many more. So you can uh, hear plenty of Chris G. if you go through our archives. I'm an OG. Absolutely. And uh, finally, I would like to introduce, not a runner-up for this tournament. He's usually in that runner-up spot. I think he's been runner-up three or four times here. Uh, this tournament, he didn't get out of the first round, though, and he took a little bit of a little bit of beating around the around the bend here. But he is Jay Dowski. Jay, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Pleasure to be here, as always. Like I said, it was a rebuilding year for me this year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think two back-to-back tournaments that had a poor, pretty poor showing. But, uh, you know, it felt good not to have to worry about anything. So That's good. right. I'm just happy to be here. Great movie. Yeah, most of your key players were overseas helping out over there, so they couldn't uh, couldn't compete in this thing. Don't yeah. listen to the sports draft recap episode. <laughs> we take quite a beating. <laughs> Little Giants was one of the infamous picks of this one. Didn't didn't quite get out of the first round for you, but that's okay. You've had uh, you've had plenty of success in these tournaments in the past, so we uh, we expect to see you on top there once again, or at least in the runner up spot. <laughs> And Jay, you've been on many episodes too. You were just on our Beautiful Mind episode. Your first episode was the American Beauty episode. You're kind of uh, always a go-to for the 90s or 90s adjacent movies there. I love it. I was actually watching, um, it was like the beginning of like a production. It was the beginning of a movie and they vinaigretted a bunch of 90s movies together. And I was going to text you and be like, Kieran, I just love these 90s movies. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was having a great time watching this promo of just like Fight Club, Matrix, all put together. Oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah. You know, and you know it. I love these '90s movies. Yeah, and we were going. We were well. We were putting this uh, this team together for this uh, for this episode. Uh, already in in our sports draft episode, where we go through the whole you know the whole assembly of the tournament, we had uh, Amendola in his debut episode, and he was going. You said that if you won this thing, you were going to bring him along, and yeah, he couldn't make it, but. Um, we reached out to Jay instead, and the second he heard we were doing uh, a, a league of their own, he's like, early 90s, boom, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So Put me in, coach. Shout out to Amendola <laughs> there, though. Yeah, I think his dodgeball went a little bit. And Grant Z was the winner of the rom-com tournament. He was going to be here, too, but he had to uh, step out last minute and uh, couldn't couldn't make it here today. I think he's driving back to Oregon instead of uh, <laughs> coming to the big game. But we will hear from him because he's done a nice little segment that uh, he likes to call our, our Ray Liotta segment. And what would this sound like if Ray Liotta uh, forcefully narrated the movie? So it should be an interesting thing. We, 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 these guys haven't heard it yet, but we'll play it and, uh, and react to it too. So guys, um, I want to kick around the room your first experiences with the League of Their Own, your history with the League of Their Own, everything from there. We'll start off with what we're drinking here today, though, and we'll... Start uh, with the champ, RDB. You're usually the champion of the ABV in addition to these tournaments. What do you have here today? So I have a Victory Easy Ringer Session IPI. Ooh, a session. A rare choice for you. I went with it because it says Easy Ringer and and, um, Gina Davis is a ringer. Aha, uh-huh. I like it. I there see what go. you did there. You don't, you don't see the flask uh, tap, uh, tucked away in his pocket there. He'll <laughs> be sitting on the whiskey like Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, boy. Chris G., what do you have here today? I am drinking a local Blue Point brew. Uh, it is the Anytime Anytime Sunshine Grapefruit Summer Ale. Mm. It's a mouthful. Yeah, bit of a bit of a uh, long name there, but uh, it's very good. Grapefruit you know, summer banger. Right yeah, up, I think right up Kieran's alley. I love the uh, love those those fruity beers. I have one today to to add. But first, uh, Jay, what are you drinking here today? I'm drinking the Kona Brewing Company Big Wave Golden Ale. Uh, yes, Kona, the Hawaiian brewery. They've been pretty popular with the Best Picture castites these days. So, I know Grant uh, Grant is big on the Kona brewery. I have here today, um, as you know, some of you may know out there. I love uh, I love a good uh, I love a good fruit beer. I love a good watermelon beer, and I've kept the watermelon going. I have the Twenty First Amendment Hell or High Watermelon. Uh, it didn't come out this spring. Looks like they pushed it the summer. They did a little head fake on me with the pomegranate. I thought I missed out on it. This is one of my favorite beers. It's a great beer to have on tap. It's a great beer for wing night if you have a a, a bar or wing place that's serving it out there. I highly recommend that combo. I am. Uh, 
drinking on an empty stomach here today, guys. I had not, <laughs> I have not had a second. So I might be feeling like Jimmy Dugan tomorrow uh, after after this one. Well, I got also, the, I got that vibe when you that you said people recommend this movie to a foe. Like, who recommends movies to a foe? Hey, as long as they love movies, you know, check ch- check out Best Picture Cast. We want all listeners around. So, but yes, I had uh, two baseball practices coming into this one uh, after my regular job too. So it was school ball practice into summer ball practice right into let's talk about a league of their own so there was no time to eat in between so it should get a little interesting here today i'm excited uh we have a few of jager a uh, uh, former player uh coach Correct. as well yes. played a little college ball chris you're a uh, uh hockey player so yes. we get a little we get a little alternate sport uh, interpretation there and Artie, you are a great lover of the sport of baseball i know that's uh, one i manage a fantasy team <laughs> <laughs> But I think you, I think even just like a month ago around opening day, you just like, I was hanging out with you, you just burst out, God, I love baseball. Oh, it's the best. You know, my, so. I'm currently living with my in-laws while my house gets, house gets renovated, and my mother-in-law is at the point where she can't stand how much baseball I watch. I love this. I love it. It's great. Fair <laughs> like I every some, sitcom i ever seen. She thinks I have something wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she's not in, in, in most aspects. In the baseball one. Yeah, and big big Yankee fan household. Yes, there. yes, and, and I am a, a Mets fan. Right, go. and if you know we're we're recording this from New York here, and think people around here know that Yankee fans are they're Yankee fans. They're not necessarily baseball fans. They're Yankee fans. They <laughs> like to watch the Yankees. They don't want to watch any of the other teams. And if the Yankees are losing, they don't want to watch that game either. So it's normally that's the case. But I'm lucky. My father-in-law enjoys baseball. He does. Okay, so yeah. it's more your mother-in-law that's that's. She just doesn't like out. the Yankees either. She doesn't. Like <laughs> okay, any, she, she doesn't, doesn't want like to see sports. Any of it. She doesn't right. want sports on TV. <laughs> Artie, you were the winner of this thing. Uh, we're going to kick it off to you first. Talk about your history of this. Talk uh, about what led led you to to picking it. What you love about the movie. What you hate about the movie. But most, but mostly, when you first saw it and what your history is with it. So this is a tough one to say when I first saw because it used to be on TV all the time. I probably saw it in pieces a million times and never straight through. Over the years, I've definitely seen it straight through. I can't really pinpoint the first time I sat and watched it. It's just very familiar to me. How I arrived at the pick is funny because I was thinking about movies and I had like a handful that I really liked. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to think of like the best sports movies. And she's like, oh, what about A League of Their Own? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick that first just because I have that on my list and you suggested it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with it. And she made me give her some credit for that. Yeah, so that's why I'm absolutely. saying it right now. And she deserves a little credit for that. So, And there is a little history with Best Picture cast of wives picking uh, winners because Joey's uh, wife drafted for him after he gave a meticulous list of how to draft and what to draft for. And she picked Poltergeist, which won the whole thing. So right. it was, uh, jo- Joey R.'s wife, Kristen, picked this. Well, shout out the uh, the scouts behind the scenes, too, not just the, not just the drafters. Crunch, crunching only. the numbers. Yes, yes. Things I love and hate about it. I really don't hate much about this movie. I really love this movie. Mm. I think it's a, a really well-made movie. It's got a great cast, great performances, unforgettable characters that stand the test of time, and a lot of memorable lines. Mm. Yes, uh, uh, well, I can't wait to dissect all of that with you. But Jay, we'll go next to you. What's your first experience with, with The League of Their Own? What are your memories here? They're a little blurry. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the movie theater with my family. Um, I remember talking about the ending at like dinner afterwards. So that's why I know like I went out to go see it. But 
I've been I would have been like eight years old at the time. So then after I saw it the first time, I've seen it dozens of times on TV, on the DVD and all that stuff. But I uh, always remember liking it. Always remember it being like, you know, when we, us, we love to make our lists. And I always remember this being like top, almost top of my list in all sports movies. Chris, how about you? What was your first time with uh, League of the Room? I think for me, this was a like a blockbuster kind of rent, like a, a like an early rental, you know, like we, you know, it had come out, it had come out in the video and then I think we rented it, you know, so we didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it soon after it had come out and, uh, you know, it's a great movie. It's, it's, it's an easy, fun movie. You can catch it at any point if it's on TV. If Gina Davis and Tom Hanks are sitting on the bus having a moment, I'm in for the rest of the movie. If there's a montage going on, I'm in for the rest of the movie. You know, it's one that you, you anywhere you catch it, you're in. So this is not this movie's not new to any of the four of us, uh, which is fun. So we're really going to be uh, we're going to be thrown back to our childhoods and and also probably our adulthood of it being on and keeping it on because it, it does have that rewatchable vibe to it. Completely. Um, I one thousand percent saw this one in the theaters and have distinct memories from that uh, movie watching experience. Chris, you and I are going to be doing our top tens of favorite movies. Artie, you've uh, done yours in the past. Jay, you've done yours in the past, so you can check those out. But me and Chris, ours will be coming up soon. We haven't recorded yet. Artie, I believe you're going to join us for, for that top ten list uh, yeah, both of those f- episodes. That's my first hosting. Yes, here. you will host mine. That's right. We're going to kick it off to you. That should be that should be very fun. Yes. Make and sure uh, you have the, the triple IPAs on hand. Oh, I'm going to have two tall boys of uh, Golden Drop. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah I may wonderful. have to siphon K- those K- out Kieran and put club very, soda. Kieran, yeah. very excited about this. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, but Anyway, we'll be doing those top ten episodes, and one of the places that I'll be going with with mine is is the movies that kind of made me a fan of movies, and and um, some of the experiences of watching movies at a younger age and getting me into it. And while *The League of Their Own* is not on that list, or really anywhere close to that list as far as my top ten of all time, it is totally one of my earliest movie theater experiences where I can watch this movie now and pick a couple scenes out that transform me back, not just to the theater, but to the seat in the theater I was watching the movie. And that's how big of an impact this movie had on me as, as youth. And Jay, I, I, you know, same thing. I mean, I was born in 84, this movie count in 92, so I was eight years old, you know, watching this thing. And um, it was a movie I loved then. It's a movie I love now, not to spoil it. And I can't wait to talk about this one and pick it apart from there. So... Uh, great stuff. This is uh, this is going to be a good one here. I think we you know we'll we'll have a bit of little bit of a love fest, but of course we have our nitpick fest a little later on too. And I, it has plenty of nit to. It, it does. I have a healthy list too. To pick. It should be good. Every note I made, I struggled with. Is this a note or a nitpick? <laughs> <laughs> which, which which category does this go in? I have to say too. Um, I watched all these movies twice. You know, I have my my watch, and then kind of like my note taking watch, and often. Not always, but often the note-taking watch can be a little laborious and a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I have to schedule that two hours into the day and I'm kind of doing it. Well, maybe I'm doing some other things. With it. I, you know, I might have had more fun the second time watching this, and that is a rarity. It's happened a couple times. I've mentioned in a few episodes where that second watch was a little more rewarding. But this one, I, there were some, I think I might have laughed harder this time. Than I did uh, in in the rewatch, and it had been a long time since I've seen this movie front to end. This movie got me out loud hard yep. several times. This is great. I can't wait to talk about it all. Do we have anything we want to say before we go into the old deep dives? Any kind of introductory notes we want to throw out there? No, we're all good to go. Okay, let the deep dive begin. The year is 1992, and the WWF champion 
Woo! To be the man, you have to beat the man. And in 1992, Ric Flair was the man. He won the 30-man over-the-top battle royal match at the 1992 Royal Rumble to reclaim the vacated world championship. Flair, however, would drop the title at WrestleMania 8 a few months later in the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, to the legendary Macho Man Randy Savage. Guys, any Ric Flair thoughts? Macho Man Randy Savage? I know we don't have the the biggest wrestling fans here, but we do have some nostalgic wrestling fans we watched as a kid. Is there any memories of uh, of the Nature Boy? Yeah, the final, the, uh, what's his his finishing move? The... Uh, the, uh, He was the the figure four leg lock. The figure four. The figure four is a great finisher. Yes, figure four leg lock and the knife edge chop was one of his key moves too. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, he wasn't one of the big ones I, I remember. I remember Ultimate Warrior and, you know, Hogan obviously and Mr. Perfect. I don't know if you guys remember him, but... Uh... Yes, and R- Mr. Perfect was at ringside with him at that WrestleMania right, match. Right. That there was Kieran's favorite wrestler. I was okay. a big Mr. Perfect guy. I would walk around the house with the towel over my shoulder. <laughs> Spitting out gum and hitting it all over his Smacking the gum. That's I, right, yes. I remember right. seeing WWF at the time live, and he was one of the main guys mm. at that one, and... Uh... Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, Flair was not, like, he wasn't in WWF all that much, and that's what I watched as a kid. He was a big WCW guy. He was there a lot. He was a, a, a Southern Territory wrestler, yeah. So he had a small window in there. Jay, any uh, thoughts on, on the Nature Boy or maybe the Macho Man? <laughs> um, Jay, what are your thoughts on Macho Man right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I just jotted down two memories. I don't remember the Nature Boy that much. I wasn't a big fan, but remember when Lex Luthor body slammed Yokozuna? Lex Luger, yes. We uh, Lex I think we Luger, re- Lex yes. yes, yes. Yeah, on, on the Intrepid on the Fourth of July in nineteen ninety three. And this is and this was in wow. the chat. Remember Don't we get more patriotic than this that? This was yes. in the group chat. Remember when Marty Jannetty went through the barbershop window? Yeah, we're we're in the right era of, <laughs> yes. of wrestling, right around this time. I think that was ninety two, ninety three too. Yeah. And ninety three wrestling will come up again here. I'll, I'll tease <laughs> that out a little later. So I'm sure. I, I was I was hoping to have Oz or Joey here who are like wrestling historians and they laugh a little bit. The listener might appreciate having. The three of you, where you more roll the eyes at what I'm saying. I, I may know more about it than you think. Ric Flair is still around and kicking, believe it or not, and this week that we're recording this one, he actually announced that he will be wrestling his final match at age 73. Who's, this, your, who's your wrestling? The Crypt Keeper? What's going on there? This might literally be like the movie The Wrestler, where he goes, <laughs> no, oh, oh, he is very much the real-life wrestler. He's like, he already movie. had like heart failure and who is the wrestler based on it's based on um, somebody right I, it, I don't know that it's based on anyone specific a lot of them but oh, it's a few, like a, yeah, a, like amalgamation a of a yeah. bunch of them I think Flair is one of the ones that they had in yeah, mind okay. for sure yeah. and and um, I do want to say he's had several final matches here he had his final <laughs> match at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels he's done a lot of that so will this actually be his final this match this might be his know. final a lot of things Shawn Michaels might be his final thing wrestling. he does <laughs> yeah. was that? Shawn Michaels is still wrestling right I don't think he wrestles much anymore uh, I think yeah, he's pretty much retired too I think Chris Jericho is still around too okay. I think his yeah, oh, he's still is going. still a thing too oh, Fozzie yes. Fozzie fake yeah. Ozzy Chris is a section you'll appreciate much, uh, much more, and this is the Stanley Cup Finals section. You always yep. want us to do this in the Best Picture episodes, but we're here we are with an honor episode. We get to do it, then, and uh, I'll give you a quick little quiz on, on it, too, because okay. I know you're a hockey expert here. The 1992 Stanley Cup Finals saw Mario Penguins? Yeah, Mario Lemieux and the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup in a four-game sweep. Chris, who did they sweep in... 92. Now, I'll throw out that this is their second in a row. So they won in 91. Now this is their one in two. Kings? 
Ooh, uh, that you know, that's I think that's who they Kingskin? beat in ninety one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this would be the and next the, and year. And the Canadians beat them the next year. Yeah, in ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. They took the Pittsburgh Penguins defeated the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, I never would have gotten that to claim their second consecutive Stanley Cup. And uh, those are the first two in franchise history. They've won a bunch since with Sidney Crosby at the helm. That was your first year driving, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not that far off, to be honest. uh... (laughs) Chicago had set an NHL playoff record winning 11 straight games to reach the finals. They led game one of the series 4-1 before the Penguins would come back to take the lead and never look back. The Penguins' head coach was Scotty Bowman. The series' MVP was the aforementioned Mario Lemieux, both of which are Hall of Famers. Additional Hall of Famers featured in this series. I'm gonna, I'll list them off, Chris, if you have any thoughts on any of them. You can kick them in. For the Penguins, Ron Francis, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, and Barry Trottier. Any of those guys, uh, any, any thoughts on? No thoughts, but they're yeah. all great players. Yeah. yeah, Trottier would be the one that would stick out to me. Yeah. Well, he's an Islander, right? Yes, Islander. yeah. For the Blackhawks, Ed Belfour, Chris Chelios, Michael Goulet, and goalie Dominic Hasek. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a banger of a team. Yeah, they had a, mm. those are all all-stars, so. Hasek was so much fun to watch. Yep, he's my favorite. Yeah, he was awesome. Him and Belfour. Yeah, Hasek was a, a very fun goalie. There was to a watch big goalie, year. big goalie era. You know, Hasek, uh, yeah, Wild, all the guys you you just mentioned, Cujo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who Van Beesbrook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is one of these teams uh, also that though they were living in the shadow of Michael Jordan, who, who won that same year, trying to become the first city to win two championships in the same uh, the same year, but. You know, when you win 11 games in a row going to the finals and you have a 4-1 to one game lead in game one and then below it, it's it, there's, the adversity wasn't there along the way and I think you just kind of... Do you guys remember there was a cartoon in like the early 90s? It was it was a superhero cartoon, but it was it was Jordan, Gretzky, Gretzky. and oh, yeah. Bo Jackson. Jackson. Do you guys yeah. remember that like one? like All-Stars or something? Yeah, something yeah. Like that. yeah. I love that, man. That was yeah. a great cartoon. yeah. It was one of those like Saturday morning cartoons, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One last little note on that Stanley Cup. The national anthem in Pittsburgh was sung by a 12-year-old hometown girl by the name of Christina Aguilera. Oh, wow. Sung wow, the national that's anthem awesome. In that one. Yes, would uh, become a star oh, six years later, right? 99-ish, I think uh, she sure. broke out with um, Genie in a Bottle. Was her yeah, first it was a formative video. <laughs> <laughs> was indeed. We're... Uh, She's, we're, we're, I mean, we're in high school, we're freshmen in high school at that time. I think Christian Aguilar is like, she's only a couple years older than us, so. Yeah. TRL was, yeah. The, it was on the top of the world, Carson Daly and Tom Square. Remember when Tom Green got his song to number one? My bum is on your lips. <laughs> bum bum song. The Swedish. The Swedish. Okay, it's world leaders time. We're going to go around the world and some of the people who are in charge, and we'll see if I can pronounce their names properly. Uh, we'll start with Austria. The prime minister of Austria was Thomas... Clastille, Thomas Clastille, president of Ukraine, and he was the first ever president of Ukraine. His name was Leonid Kravchuk. Leonid Kravchuk. The president of Peru was Alberto Fujimori. Alberto Fujimori. Get a little better. Kind of a little confused on which accent to do for that one. (laughs) Changed up mid name. The president of China is. And it is the president of the People's Republic of China. I'm not sure if that title still exists. Uh, Yang Shenkun. Finally, the president of South Africa is Frederick Willem de Klerk. We're running out of countries to do in some of these, uh, some of these late 80s, early 90s ones, because all of that, I can't say Francois Mitterrand over and over again. 
<laughs> they got that one down. <laughs> well, I've embarrassed myself enough that I've got, I've just uh, I've, I've worn the worn the force of attrition a little bit here. Guess the country song lyrics time, guys. This is uh, this. always always a fun one here. Going to be a little different this time because normally these country songs no one has ever heard of. I'm usually the only country fan in the room. This is one that you guys all should know. So I'm going to kind of tweak the question a little bit. The Country Music Awards Single of the Year went to... How Do I, Leanne Rhymes. No, great guess. That's a little later, though. That's from, uh, that's from Con Air. Con Air. So that's that It's more like an achy, breaky era. Nailed it! Yeah. That's, yeah. What I was yeah. Yeah. that's what I was going to say. Achy, breaky heart performed by Billy Ray Cyrus and written by Don Von Tress. They both <laughs> have the three-name thing going on. Okay, so achy, breaky heart. I mean, it's, I don't think we have to go too crazy dissecting what, what we think that that song is about. <laughs> you know? I just don't think you would understand. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the, but my first question is, was a quick answer there is why why are we not telling the achy breaky heart? Um, but now this one I, I want because I did not know this one. I want to see if you guys can can get this here. We of course don't want to tell his heart, his achy breaky heart, because it might <laughs> just won't understand. It just won't understand. Right. Okay. What's gonna happen if we tell this heart? Already know? Do you know? Mm-hmm. All right. If you know, don't I, say. I know it. Too. Do, you know too, uh, Jay? Do you know? Um, uh, I could take it. I might know. Okay, give it a shot. I might grow up to be a man. All right, good guess. <laughs> yeah. Not correct though. This is like telephone. Ph- phonetically, you're close. Okay. Yeah. It might blow up and kill this man. It That's might right. blow up and kill this man. Absolutely, well done. I did not know that. It's always yeah. been. I just don't think. And if you tell my heart, my achy breaky heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well. But um, I will. I want to shout out. It is wonderfully used in an episode of South Park, where it's the uh, it's the the you got served episode where they oh, do the dance yes. challenge, and all Stan knows how to do is country square dance. So th- that the song yeah. that he plays is is Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah. So, and yeah. like he serves people with it, They're right? Like, yeah. Whoa, got really like, oh no! Look at those. And flash those forward. Steps. My six-year-old loves one of his newer songs, Old Town Road. Old Town Road, which is a, a number one hit. This yeah. uh, It was either this past summer or the summer before, but, yeah. but yeah, it might be two summers the ago. The Kids Bop Kids do it. And if you guys oh, have right. anybody who has kids, then it was Kids Bop Kids. They play it in school a lot. I don't like Kids Bop. <laughs> <laughs> Artie, Artie's just got the green. He just turned green. Yeah. <laughs> one last little note on Aiken Breaking Heart. Um, the verses, which I also was not familiar with, are basically a list of things, uh, things and people that you can tell. Um, I, does, <laughs> can I just have any ideas of some of the some of the things that you can tell? That you could tell an achy breaky heart. Uh, you well, no, you don't want to tell his achy breaky heart because it's going to blow up and can kill him. <laughs> and and kill that man. It's going to instantly have a heart attack. Okay. Okay. So, do you have any yeah. the things that you can tell that he lists? Any any ideas? Start off. Give me one. You can tell the world. That you were never my girl, so the world can find out here. You can burn my clothes up when I'm gone. That's kind of more of an angry action. Uh, <laughs> you can tell your friends what a fool I've been. Just got some old, uh, blue suede shoes vibes going on here. Yeah, now there's now he goes into the other parts of his body that you can tell. You can tell my arms to go back to the farm. You can tell my feet to, to hit the floor. What's this guy that he wrote this song with in sixth grade? <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, it's like the nose bone connects it yeah, to the like, ear bone. Come on, so go bones. to the farm, okay? 
you can tell his lips, you can tell his fingertips, but yeah, don't tell his heart. So there you go. And then I think the I think the the, the second verse is a list of relatives like uh, Aunt Louise and other such people. I Arkansas. couldn't even hum one of the verses. All I know is the chorus. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, but the movie we're talking here today is A League of Their Own, and it was directed by Penny Marshall. A uh, screenplay was written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, of course. Uh, those writers uh, also worked together on Splash, which was a, a contender in our rom-com tournament, maybe Elite Eight. City Slickers, uh, Billy Crystal, uh, Captain Vehicle. Uh, Multiplicity. God, Jay, I know you're, you got to be a Multiplicity oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, Babalu's on fire right now. Babalu's on fire. Multiplicity's hilarious. And next is a, a controversial movie that we've we've been split on here at Best Picture Guest, and that's Fever Pitch, the uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Drew Barrymore movie there, Fever Pitch. Does anyone want to throw a throw pick battle lines on that on that movie? No. Jimmy baseball. Is Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Worse. That's what I meant. Jimmy both Fallon. both terrible actors. Yes. Bad actor. Yeah. <laughs> Basically <laughs> interchangeable. Stick to to That's funny show. you guys say that because you know they're April Fools. They switch shows and didn't tell their audience. Oh, I didn't. didn't so you know go that. to That's see Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon walks out, and you go to see Fallon and Kimmel walks out, yeah. and they they flew. Did the guests goes. even notice? <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> I'm sure many. The, no, I mean the celebrity guests, like Jimmy. Uh, what's your name? Oh, the <laughs> the celebrity. Yeah. You know, Harrison Ford has no idea anyway. He's like, oh, Jimmy don't we Kimmel. miss the battle, like the late night battle? Like, don't yeah, we miss that? Got like, terrible. Totally. Seth Meyers, like, come on, but I mean, like. No, they're all they buddies. Get along now. I mean, like, like Leto and Letterman. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you, a Leto and Letterman? Yeah, it was like, it was like <laughs> hot. The, the, the 90s, there was a lot of TV battling. Yeah. Going and then on. it was Conan versus like a revolving door of CBS people. They had the British guy on for a bit. Well, Ferguson, Ferguson for, I think he Ferguson, stayed for a while, yeah. yeah. No, Conan that. had the best late yeah. night show. Now, have you late, guys... Late show, yes. Yeah. Have yes. you guys ever been to a major late night show recording? Yeah, I went to the Daily Show once. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I went to Conan O'Brien once, and oh, nice. oddly enough, do you know who the guest was already? You just mentioned him. Harrison Ford was oh, the really? guest. The random, the random celebrity you picked. Was, he doesn't uh, even have anything to promote. He just shows up at, at late night shows. He's like, hey, I'm Harrison Ford. Yeah, it was a cool, uh, so that was a cool main guest. The music guest, not so cool. The music guest was the guy who sings the Foxwood song on the commercials. That's about Jeez, as bad that's of a the, musical that guess. Could be the, guess. It could be anything worse than that. Foxwoods. Oh, God. Yeah, that's tough. terrible. Real tough. But he was Conan there. also had Slipknot on once, and I was like, what the fuck is going on no, right now? That sounds awesome. That was the Late Late Show. He was on fire. We were, like, in college at that time, probably. And and even in high school, him and Andy Richter with the staring contest. Remember in the year 2000? Yeah, that was the best. Year year 2000. Jim Carrey would come on. <laughs> Jim Carrey would come on and, and then the year 2000 came, and we were like, shit, we can't do this no more. Yeah. They did it anyway. The masturbating bear is all from that. Yeah, he was amazing. League of the Realms, based on a fictional story uh, about the real-life AAGPBL. The story was written by Kim Wilson and Kelly Candell. Music by the great Hans Zimmer. Go back to him in a second. Um, cinematography by Miroslav Odracek, who we spoke about before, Artie Ware. He did Amadeus. He did Amadeus. That's right. Artie, you were there for that episode. It was me, you, and my brother, Brendan B., Great movie, great episode. It's uh, very highly ranked here at Best Picture Cast. He was twice nominated uh, for Best Cinematography. Once for Amadeus, once for Ragtime, which is also a Milos Forman joint. Film editing by Adam Bernardi and George Bowers. A, a word on Hans Zimmer. 
He's really racking up the uh, the BPC episodes. Yeah, he I might. Feel like he's been the most. He might be at a record fourth episode. So I don't. We have to rack our brain. I'm sure Grant and Joey at home have the list ready. But there, uh, people we've spoken about the most here. This is the fourth Hans Zimmer. Chris, your first episode, yeah, Rain, Rain Man. Man. Yep. We had our honorary episode, Lion King, that Jay and and Artie were both a part of. There, also Twelve Years a Slave. Right. Um, and we will hear from him two more times at least for Best Picture winners. He did. Uh, Gladiator, of course, and Driving Miss Daisy. It's another one. This is a phenomenal score in this movie. It really totally is agree. perfect for the movie. Yeah, totally agree. I mm-hmm. thought uh, I, I mm-hmm. liked a lot of we did. Okay, Chris might have other thoughts, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I, I like this. Uh, Jay, you have any Hans Zimmer thoughts you want to throw out there? I know, I think he was your MVP. In your, in, uh, or he was either your MVP or your honorable mention. We had, we had reverse honorable mention MVPs, I think. One of us went no Zimmer, the other one went Rice and, and Elton John. I always appreciate Hans Zimmer. Uh, I always have the Hans Zimmer, uh, John Williams debate with my buddy. Yes, that's right. I remember it's you mentioned that. It's always nice to see him on the bill. And we should say he just won his second for uh, for Dune, a movie that Joey R. loves to beat up right on here. A League of Their Own. It's starring Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Lori Petty, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, David Strathairn, Bill Pullman, and John Lovitz. I, we said before, this is the first time we're talking Tom Hanks. I didn't think it would be a league of their own. I thought we'd uh, get there another way. First, first time, time talking Tom yeah, Hanks. First Tom oh, Hanks movie. It. Yeah, first Gina Davis uh, movie. First Madonna movie. Uh, and then and some of those others in there, too. First John Rosie Lovitz. movie. Rosie. Yeah, David Strathern. I did want to shout out, right before I go into the, the awards section here, or what, what awards that it took home, we had in our, our joint tournaments here, rom-com and sports, we had... Jenny and Forrest as the winners on either side here. Jenny was, uh, Robin Wright, who played Jenny, was in Princess Bride. And Tom Hanks, who played Forrest Gump, is here in League of Their Own. So nice little uh, shout-out. We have not yeah. covered uh, Forrest something. Gump yet. Yes. That was, <laughs> we'll have, something. Yeah, all nine of us will get together and do Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> League, of Their, League of Their Own was nominated uh, for zero Oscars, unfortunately. And we'll talk a little bit later if... if it deserved one, and if it did, where we'd slide that into. That'll. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, it was nominated for two Golden Globes. Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, Gina Davis. Best Original Song, Madonna, for This Used to Be My Playground. It was nominated for a Grammy for Best Song Written for a TV or Movie, but that was for Carol King's Now and Forever, which is uh, in the beginning of the movie. That song was written for this movie? Yes, That's awesome. yeah, that one, both both that and the this used to be my playground. Uh, this used to be my playground went number one. In yeah, the I, re- I remember shots. that song very vividly. Like that was a big song. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and topped Whitney for uh, most number one tracks by a, a female solo yeah. artist. I, I believe the video had a lot of clips from the movie in it. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and so like I when you look at this video. poster, I was looking at the poster and Madonna. There's three faces. Madonna's one of them. Like she's at the height of no, it her was a, career right now. It was a huge deal that, that yeah. she was in it. Like yeah. she wasn't in a lot of movies. I mean, what? Evita. She did a couple of. Evita's a little Dick later. Tracy. Yeah, Dick Tracy. Yeah, good call. Right yeah. before this, yeah, ninety-one. And maybe. Sudden, uh, desperately seeking, seeking Susan. Right, that was one of her. That was like a yeah. Madonna vehicle. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And we, we, we like to put these Twitter questions out. Uh, comments and it blew up today mostly of people arguing over whether Madonna is a good actress or not so we're gonna we're gonna have that conversation today we'll do it most specifically to this movie uh, if some are 
familiar with their other works, we'll get into that too. But that was a raging debate on Twitter today. I had alerts going up, up the wazoo. I had to silence my phone with that. That was uh, um, a Zeta short ass question that resulted in a, in a whole a whole slew of, of things. Yeah, Grant was right. Grant C was right in the middle of everything there too. IMDb rating on this one. It's not in their top 250. A little low. 7.3. Last uh, week, The Princess Bride was as high as 8.0. Uh, interesting with the 7.3 there. I wonder why that's as low as it is. Any thoughts on, on that? There's some reasons I think that that's the case. I think it's a beloved movie. I think it's, a, like, like I already said, would be considered a classic to a lot of people. But it has flaws. So, I, I mean, I, I yeah. think it Artie, what do you think? 7.3. Uh, it doesn't have the best tone towards women, so I could see some people not... Hmm. I think it at tries to. Parts, at certain yeah. parts, I think though, from you the know. era it does. It's it's telling. It's showing. It's depicting a time where that's how women were treated, and and that's how they were thought of. Totally. I'm just thinking of the people clicking on. IMDb yeah, films. and I'd like to see what's how sports movies like. What's the highest ranked IMDb sports movie? Yeah. And are sports movies in general ranked a little lower than others? Because there's a lot of Star Wars fans voting. And um, <laughs> <laughs> while this is this is a great movie, it's also a fa- it's I would consider this a family movie, and there's a cheese factor to some of it, and mm. that would bring it down a little bit. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Jay, what do you think? So, uh, Seven point three. Seven point three. So, yeah, that's a seventy-three C. A little, a little low in my book. Yeah, this movie. Yeah, and the highest rated movie on IMDb is nine two. Who's that? So, uh. I, it's either Shawshank or The Godfather. I think they trade off uh, spots. I would, I would have this ranked higher than Princess Bride. I don't want to show my hand yet, but uh, I, I might agree with you there. Uh, I guess I just will show my hand because I just did. <laughs> don't show, no, don't show it. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a different comedic sensibility. Yes, totally different yeah. directions the comedy goes in. I think it also speaks to some of my interests a little more closely than Princess Bride does, too. Like what? Um, <laughs> if you like, if you like, like baseball <laughs> over Dungeons and Dragons, but okay. If you like a Mel Brooks esque type of comedy, you're gonna like Princess Bride a lot more. Right. Forty million dollar budget. It grossed over a hundred and thirty-two million worldwide. So the box office has certainly liked it more than A Princess Bride. Listen, $132 million at the box office worldwide. That's a serious. great score. $107 million just domestically, which is crushing it. Yeah. I, mean, I was surprised by the number when I looked that up. I was I too. I think it was like that. Like a hundred, Remember like, you know, in like the 90s, early 2000s, the $100 million was like the ape. Like that was the reaching point of any great blockbuster. It was like, right. oh, $100 million, You made a great job. I actually like, thought $40 so million budget was a large budget. Agreed. I was like, Agreed. whoa, $40 it's a, million. It's got to be the cast. It's got to be the cast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom, I, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I, I think it's yeah. two things. Gina yeah. Davis in her prime. You know. And they had to get Gina Davis last minute because Deborah Winger backed out. <laughs> so Gina, Gina Davis won, yeah, like she won her Oscar a couple years earlier. Uh, Thelma and Louise was the year before, right. so this is this is the peak of her career, yeah. and you got to get her there. You got to get her to fly out to Indiana last minute. That that yeah. was a price. That yeah. was a price. The other one I think is the on location filming. Um, you know, filming yeah, the sets and the costumes. Yeah, Illinois and, and Indiana. Costumes. They had to rent out Wrigley Field. I'm yeah. sure that's not cheap. If you're not filming on a Hollywood lot, you're gonna have to spend a little sure. more. So I bet you those are the two but spots. You make a good point. I mean, it's the 
30s right and the, and they go out to the bar and like so the costumes and the cars yeah. have to be different sure. yeah yeah so but 40 million in 1992 is a, that's a that's a hefty budget yeah. it's a bit yeah. that's a, and yeah, it's a bit of a gamble a, you know it's you know it's baseball movie it's women's baseball or is that gonna is that gonna sell i guess that's where you need the stars and the stars came through in this yeah. one for sure so to get this thing started we'll go to go to the winner there already uh, initial thoughts here as we uh, start start on on uh Jeannie davis's uh, trip to to cooperstown I love this movie. I love the two leads together. Their chemistry is awesome. But there's a lot of different good chemistry. Kit's chemistry with Gina Davis is very good. Uh, the whole relationship that all the team has with Jimmy Dugan at first. There's like ten arcs that all move perfectly through this movie. Gina and Tom's relationship that builds throughout the movie. One of my favorite parts of the movie. I mean, chemistry-wise, they were... I mean, thank God Winger backed out because they have great chemistry. They really do. You know, and not to say that maybe... Battle between the signs being given. Classic, the dueling signs. Yeah, classic. Having a a deep moment. Yeah, it's amazing. I want to talk about the the framing device to start here. Going from from present to past and using that, we we had that in our rom com winner with Princess Bride too, um, not in a past present thing, but more of a, a reality and fantasy. Uh, Joe, what did we think about that? It, it, and and what did you think about it watching this time as maybe as opposed to to your your childhood watch? Oh, so are we we referencing the very beginning where it's the present day, the beginning and the end? Yeah, doing the Stark of the Titanic style. Yep. Uh, you know, it was eighty four years ago. I'll be completely you honest know. with you. I think that whole beginnings part doesn't need to be there at all. Like, there's, mm. it's not necessary to, to drive the story. We can start with uh, Dottie and Kit, and the on the dairy, at, at the game and at the dairy farm, without needing all of that backstory. First of all, the actors are terrible. <laughs> they, the, the, they just are old. Old Dottie is terrible, and it doesn't really drive the story. You don't. It's not. It's not information you you're, you can't get another two minutes down the the line. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for me, I, I, that whole beginning part is completely unnecessary. I agree with you that you don't need to have that at the beginning, but I don't think they're all terrible. I thought Lynn Cartwright was all right, the old lady. I don't. I disagree completely. Oh, I thought she was trying to be like minimalistic, kind of like Gina Davis was in her movements and everything. Do we know that that was Gina Davis doing the voiceover? Yes, yeah, the yeah. voiceover. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. 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 It drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. At first, I'm like, damn, they did a good job. Like, can this woman to sound like Gina Davis? And then I'm like, wait, I, they have to be dubbing it's her terrible. voiceover, right? At first, wow. I thought it was makeup. That's I was true, like, this right? is amazing makeup. I, I, like, oh, that's not confirmed. Gotta say, that, that, that it, 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 it was absolutely uh, Gina, Gina Davis, Davis doing voice. the dubbed voice. It was Which a different I actress. Think it was a good idea for I some reason. Completely disagree. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just, just make her big, big Gina Davis old, dude. I'd rather that. Um, all right, so you know, you know me. I, I like to call the uh, the the lip sync police. Wee woo, wee oh, woo, wee woo. Um, I gotta say, Chris, I'm gonna disagree with you, and I'm gonna go on oh, Jay's side. Okay. So I did not know that Gina Davis did the voice. My first watch here, I did the did the research and then found that out and was ready to hop in and be like, oh man, did I miss some bad lip syncing? And I watched pretty intently. Not only is she lip syncing, but she's emoting pretty well along with what she's saying. I thought it's a pretty nice little, little um, small acting bit there. I, 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 I'm not saying that the lip syncing was bad. I'm just saying I hate that they did it. You just like, heard Gina Davis. Yeah, I just, and, yeah. and who the hell sounds the same 50 years later? I no mean, that, that's like, a 
semi-fair Just play have the game. actress either have that old bat <laughs> giving the lines or have Gina Davis do it, dude. Now, I will say, if you heard Gina Davis talk today, she probably sounds exactly the same as she did 50 years ago. Does she? I, I don't know. She just she has a new show so. out. I, she's I even alive. Yeah, she is alive. Yeah, her well. career has, has not done what it should have. Yeah, we'll take a little peek at her career a little later there. Um, Because it, it, it is an interesting career. Because you have the highs of the highs and then kind of just... Drops off, mm, disappears yeah. into almost nothing. Because this is a remo- watching this is a reminder of how fantastic she is. Was, yeah, is uh, totally agree. Um, such an in control actress, yeah. like just totally nothing's nothing's too big for her, and, and always in a big spot. This is the right movie for uh, Jack. It, it, by answering your question about the framing, beginning and end, I like I'd give away the ending, but the I, for me the ending of the baseball game. The framing makes me, I, like, at first I hated the ending. I'm like, you know, I wanted it to go the other way. And then I get to the very end with the bookend part of they're all at Cooperstown. They all meet together and reunite. And I was like, okay, this makes the ending of the baseball game better for me. Mm. Because it was more than the game. Yeah, right. well said. So then I was like, okay, you had to do, maybe not the beginning, but... You had to do the ending that way because now you get to see how much it meant to all of them. So the end, I, I'm all right? for it. And, yeah. then I, and then I guess the end could just kind of is more powerful because of the beginning and how she didn't want to go. And then she finally goes and she's like, shit, this is better than I thought I should, it was going to be. And I think you used a great term, bookend. I think that's why they put the beginning there. Just to bookend it, for the sake uh, yeah, of bookending it. I think you're right. They probably don't need, nothing's added at the beginning. You don't want to go? No, I don't want to go. Well, you should go. All <laughs> right, I'll go. Tips, like, you don't need the well, tips, she's, she's even, like, him. shitting on Kit's husband and stuff. It's like, what is all this necessary? For? What is? Why is this necessary? It's, yeah. It's, well, okay, so I got... character. Uh, I, I do like that. it. I just I, don't... Character. He's not wrong. Really it's necessary. I'll disagree that there is some character development that goes on there, particularly with, you know, not just with the... I get the shitting on the husband stuff. I get it. I... Get it there. It's kind of odd that they're they're showing the strain in the relationship in that way that right. early in the movie. I, w- I would agree with that. I do think there's some good uh, there's some good Dottie development there as to her reluctance to go back there, and and there is there is kind of, we we do have that anxiety of the past a little bit of going to your high school reunion or going back to see somebody even if it was even if it was the most important thing in the world. There's that there's that little part of you that just kind of wants to leave it there and not want to go. So I like that. All this being said, I have to say, and and, and this is we said this is one of those movies is you catch on you you leave it on and you leave it on at the end because you're you're so enraptured by it. I did not remember this being there in the beginning. I thought I thought it was exactly Chris how you want it is you start with them on the farm yeah. and and you go to the end where they flash back. I did not remember this part I of the movie either. there at all, and I don't disagree with you, Chris, in the sense that I think you could lose. You could yeah. lose the beginning. Um, I don't hate that it's there because I do like some of the things they do with their character there. Um, I like the I, I like the idea of the reluctance to go back and see them, particularly if you've only played the one season and they all had a bigger experience there. All you remember was that one season. There is some interesting storytelling tactics there, but I think overall you it probably can can be clipped. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It is in keeping with like her character. Of she seems hesitant to really do anything like throughout mm. the movie. To, to join the league, to stay in the league, to play in the championship game. And there is a little bit of character development in that beginning. Because when she's leaving, they're like, oh, Grandma, they got Grandma out of a room. And she says, 
to the older son, the older grandson, you gotta let her take, let him take a shot, the younger brother. Mm-hmm. And then to the younger brother, she goes, just kick his ass, like, just kill him. Yeah, right. which is interesting coming from the older sibling. And, well, interesting um, because she, at the mound visit, where she didn't take it easy on her younger sibling. Right. At the end, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yes. <laughs> it seems, yeah. it just seems very, like, spoon-feeding us the narrative. That, that, the scene yeah. with the kids... I specifically don't like. like yeah, I, I see both sides of it. it to you. Like, I see both sides of it. You'll show us. You'll show us that dynamic later. You don't have to show it to us right now. You know, it's heavy-handed. Very much. As Joe, I think Joey would agree with me. On this. I'll tell you what I did geek out for though. Double Day Field, Cooperstown. Again, talk about on-location filming. And you know me, I love show me different parts of the country. Show me Wrigley Field. Show me Illinois. Show me the farm, the the farmlands. Show me Cooperstown. You know, I got. I don't know if you guys have been to Cooperstown. Um, I, I'm just seeing, see, having been there and seeing it on screen. Oh, it just it fired me up. So I, I loved that stuff. I loved her getting onto the field again and all that. Yeah. One of us should have brought an Oma Gang beer. What are we stupid? Ah, oh, what wow. are we stupid? None of us. Yeah. Of this? Like, come good, on. Good call. Good call. Oh. And on Double Day, you could literally drive there right now and see the field. They yeah. Oh, it's, you no. from it. It's you just a field. Right it's just a it. field on, on Main Street. Even a small parking Yeah, lot. it would be like a field next to Town Hall. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's how small a town it is. Yeah. Cooperstown was a really cool experience. I, yeah. I went there when I was a kid. It's mm. really, really cool. Yeah, I went there for the first time as an adult. And just just equally, you know, equally as fun. Because, I mean, I think... As a kid, you you look at you look at the oh you know look at history, but as an adult, it's kind of history means something a little different for you. It's not like the oohs and ahs and oing. It's but understanding what what led up to it and, and and interacting with it in that way. So and as an adult, you can go to the brewery. Ah <laughs> uh, hell yes. <laughs> Headed to the farm and listen. I got to talk about John Lovitz. Yeah. Where, yeah. Wow. Dude, these lines that he says are just so fucking good. They're milking the cows. Does that hurt them? Doesn't seem to. Oh, it bruised the hell out of me. <laughs> we tugged on your nipples? Yeah, I don't know shit, what part bro. of the body they were talking about with them. But so good. I actually what? assumed was, they were talking about something else. Not as yeah. Could have been that. Could have been his gut. He it open-ended. Yeah. yeah it's, it's brilliant, though. It's some kind of line. Uh, my favorite one of that little section is, I'll go. You have to, I'll sign me up right now. We'll have to sign something. I don't no, go. I want someone who can actually hit the ball. <laughs> Get back down under the cow. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Back down under the cow. When they're on the train, Dottie and Kit are racing to catch the train. He's he lean. John Lovitz leans on this woman, and she's like, "Sir, your knee." And he's like, "Yeah, you like it." <laughs> like, what kind of line is that? I wrote that every line he said, basically. Well, there's a whole pickle tickle line that's just yeah, it's yeah. 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 Um, I hate when they get to attach. That's to it. my favorite line. Like, I me. hate it when they get attached. But I mean, remember him as the critic. Uh, it stinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the critic. The show critic. Yeah. yeah, that that whole first scene, going from their base, their game where uh, Kit blows the uh, swings at the high balls, mm-hmm. all the way to the John Lovett scene. Those, that's where the movie's doing all the heavy lifting. It's mm. it's te- showing you this relationship between the two the sisters, and it's setting up. This whole scenario with John Lovitz coming and, and introducing this idea of playing professional baseball, and like so, this, this, this it's one of the most important scenes in the movie, really, because it's setting up the entire rest of the movie. I got to say too, and and you know we always have our nitpick section at the end here too, and and being you know pretty close to the to the sport and and being involved with it, I mean you know my nitpicks will be strict. I think they get a lot of the baseball stuff in this movie really right. 
Well, they, they, um, that was a, a big focus of the for the production, right? Yeah, Get yeah. Actors that can play or can look like they can play at least. Yeah, they got to be able to handle themselves. There were some people yeah. that I think were not invited because they couldn't handle themselves. So one yeah. is is our our, our uh, friend from. Uh, my cousin Vinny and uh, uh, Marissa Tomei was one of the ones because not not a ball player. Yeah, I could definitely um, see her in it. Other than doesn't that she have couldn't play the game. She doesn't have the makings of a varsity athlete. Um, well, yeah, what if, what stop saying that. What if my bosom <laughs> flies out? <laughs> um, yeah, but but in getting a lot of the baseball stuff right. Boy, I thought they nailed the personality and um, the quirks of a scout. And scouting is a, is now I don't think that a lot of scouts are that overt with their feelings and that's yeah. sarcastic and direct, but a lot of them internally though because the scouts are you know I'm someone who's who's dabbled and, and and had to do it before, but the old salty scouts and the ones who are who are doing it full time, they are overworked and underpaid and over traveled. You know they're they're constantly on the road going to places that they otherwise never would go. They've seen it all. I'm sure. They've seen a lot. Yeah. There's t- uh, there's a, a a great line when she's in the gi- when he's in the gym watching uh, Marla. Uh, Marla and the dad goes uh, the dad goes she's got an eye like DiMaggio and the face that John <laughs> Lovitz makes boy I've seen that face so many times yeah, before in the like field we, the eye roll kind of everybody's dad thinks they're Joe DiMaggio yeah, yeah. Um, or name the player as the years go on and it's just like you, you hear it everywhere you go and it's uh, and and these old the old salty ones too they just they can't they're so unimpressed. By even the impressive, and it's it's just how it goes. Or, I, I will save a scouting report issue for the nitpick zone, but I have one too. So we'll we'll wait. I, we'll hold. We might have the same one. So hold off on that. It's glaring. I do think this Marla in the gymnasium scene is really really powerful. Mm. I think this is an important scene because she kills it. There's a bunch of guys standing around. First of all, it's a terrible idea to do batting practice in a in, gymnasium. inside the glass window. Let's just get yeah, past I was that. Thinking that too. So. There's a bunch of guys standing around. None of them even touch the ball. She's just crushing it, righty and lefty. And they're actively afraid of her. I think afraid she, of the. And when she bats lefty, they're like, "All right, now lefty." She's, they're all like, "Oh, <laughs> like they don't want to face her." When John Lovitz looks at her and she's too ugly, and he's like, "Huh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, we'll call you. Come on, get your bags. We gotta go." And they're like, "Why?" He, he I forget his line. He says something brutal, but. The whole idea of them not leaving and then the dad being like, listen, I raised her like a boy. Yeah. Please don't punish her. That's all I knew how to do. Please don't punish her for that. I don't know why, but I was sitting there watching that and I was like, this hits. This hits. I, I, have, the, I have the line here, uh, Artie. It's, do you know General Omar Bradley? <laughs> yeah. There's two striking of resemblance. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but now, now the delivery of this scene is, again, probably something something that wouldn't necessarily be put together the same way today. I mean, there's probably a little That's more sensitivity two towards... two points off the IMDb yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, it's a very powerful father-daughter moment there. Um, I remember, you know, from the first time I saw this, that you you see that and you just, your your heart sinks. And the two, um, and then Dottie and Kit refuse to go. They're like, we're not going. If that's the reason you're not going to drop the suitcase. The yeah, drop you, the suitcase. you mentioned before already about how, like, it shows a lot of misogyny, but, like, in the way of 
how the girls stand up to it. So there's the misogyny from John Lovitz and they drop the suitcases. They're not leaving. They stand up for Marla. There's the misogyny in the stands when the guy's like, hey, taunting them. Hey, girls can't play ball. And they throw the ball back at them. Mm. Like, it's there's always this misogyny, but the girls always stand up for themselves. Right. Which is so cool. Like, it's just like a great, like, Penny Marshall does a great job sending that message. I think that's what Kieran is saying about, like, they do try, they're, they're trying to make a, a, a feminist statement with this movie. Yeah, and they, they play up the Marla stuff for laughs a little bit. I mean, it, it's, it, just listen, yeah, I, I, it, it, it was funny. They do it in the night. <laughs> it's literally a note I had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the montage of all the, the, they put together of all the girls and their, you know, nicknames and, what they do and then the scene where or the shot of Marla like five hit. miles away like you can barely see I mean that is that's what a yeah yeah, they're, or, it, or, yeah what a player that's right, yeah, that, right. the etiquette teacher what a the, player the etiquette teacher is like hmm cut your hair do some makeup to get to Marla she's like oh a lot of night games yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know and it's, it's very insensitive but come on this is this comedy in the 90s here We're gonna, and it's it's the delivery of it is, is and you on know point. it was there, too, you know? It's, like, not there just to be funny. It's there because it was true. Yeah. And I, they also do a good job of, like, a lot of times in 90s movies, they'll do a thing where, like, they'll make an attractive person, quote-unquote, unattractive somehow, like, the she, the she's all mm. that effect. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're, they're like, beautiful. Yeah. When they show her in this movie, like, she does look scary. <laughs> yeah, the, the love it's the, huh! Yeah. You know, that's it's, it's absolutely classic. But I do want to say, just to kind of bring it back to reality a bit with it, prejudices and, and chauvinism aside and, you know, body shaming aside and all of that stuff, in the industry, forget about man-woman, just talk about just the industry of baseball. That goes on. You're too short. You're not the right body frame. You're you're uh, you just don't look like a ball player. Or you, or you throw weird, or you hit weird, or whatever. That right? has been going on for ages, and I mean a lot of the movie Moneyball Christmas, which was one of your selections, which yeah. did very well in this tournament. That's what Billy Bean was trying to get a part of. It's like let's not just send an old guy down to the field and tell us who looks like a ball player. Let's look at some numbers here, and you know what? This short, this short stubby guy might actually get on base more than the than the athletic guy. And Billy Bean is one of those athletic guys who's picked by the way he looks. Right. And he couldn't, he couldn't hack it mentally. Or Kevin Euclid, who, who looks like a duck. He like yeah. stands in the box like a duck, but he's he's amazing. Yeah, there were a, just a, a bunch of guys that they that they went after that. But that that goes on. So we see it in a in the context of of um, of of women who they kind of want to be pretty and be on the field. But listen, in sports, it goes on all the time. In acting, it goes on all the time. There are people who are judged. Uh, and evaluated based on how they look and what they present in, in the world. And I, I, I do think there's some, some pretty excellent commentary on that. Beside comedy aside, they keep it, they keep it light with the comedy. And I love the fact that this is how she ends up meeting a man. You know, it, it's the no, no guys, no booze, no partying, whatever it is that they're, they're not allowed. Is that she, uh, she can, she can step away from the sport. That's really all she's known throughout her life. Um, just with her and her dad, that was the connection the two of them had with the mother not being in the picture. Um, she's through that is being able to start her family, and we meet her at the end of the movie too. And she's, you know, her son's taking over her business. Love all that stuff. I love the character. Love the relationship with the father. Love the arc of it. Really, just a, a wonderful part of this film. I love the whole Marla dynamic. Yeah. I love her Nelson too when he's yes. in the bar yes. falling in love as she's like poorly singing. It's That's just my such, favorite scene. So, so you guys, good. You guys don't have any problem with. She's a real player. I mean, this girl can play. Probably is the best 
I would say, other than Dottie, she's the best player on the team, right? She can hit. Yeah. Homers, no problem. She meets a guy and then gets married and leaves in the middle of the season. I mean, that doesn't seem to make sense. She, first of all, the, her husband seems like a pushover. Like he would just be like, "Yeah, play the rest of the season." Why um, would she just leave? Tapping into your nitpicks a little early there, uh, but yeah, yeah, okay. So I, mean, I do have a response to that. Yeah, okay. Her relationship with her father is the most important thing in her life, and that relationship was was mostly materialized through baseball. And the father didn't really know how to connect with his daughter. And that's kind of says, don't blame me for, you know, for this. And she is able to reestablish her love for family through meeting the love of her life. And so much that she can step away from the game of baseball and build a family. You're really, Um, you really added a lot he to that. No, I got, I got his own, right? I, I, I'm saying, I don't know that they showed that, I but thought I mean, they did. okay. I thought they I did. I got the same vibes that it went from, she shifted her, her life meaning from all I know is baseball, but you know what? Now I don't need baseball Yeah, but much. don't you think, okay, you're on a team. You stick with your team. You're loyal to your team until the, at least get them through the season. <laughs> I think her, her dad, and her husband all would have been on board with her staying in the season. Jimmy Dugan should have probably given him given her say, the same speech. If Tom Hanks Jim, had caught her leaving, she right. would have never yeah. made it yeah. halfway let me, back. You, let me tell you something. She should have stayed. If I'm her teammate, I'm pissed. She well we're gonna we'll 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 shelve this now because I'm gonna have a similar rant to go okay. on a little later right, too. Right, right. But I, I do wanna say though, the fact that they hammer it home when we get reintroduced to Marla, who we know comes back to the league and ends up being a good player in the league for, for previous years, her and her husband starting a business and having the son take over the business for her is, is that family is is paramount for her. So I don't think that I'm that, that and I listen, I love to overanalyze and read yeah. too deep into movies. I think that all the blueprints were there. But any more love it stuff because he's we're 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 wonderfully introduced to him in this and they just they yank him away from us. Well, Jay pointed out the other great moment is when they he finally gets them to the field. He's <laughs> like, I hate when they get too attached, and he's like, Yo, get out, shoo, get away from me, yeah. you know. And the whole gotta go home and give my wife the wife a pickle tickle. I mean, yeah. that's just like all time. <laughs> so good. That's just all time. It's so good. Uh, would do we give, do you see the the Lovitz trivia on this one with the testing groups, the Ron Howard testing groups? This no. is my testing group. This is my movie. Uh, there was a ton more Lovitz in this movie, but they uh, they noticed that the the scene where they plucked out scenes for him, the laughs were much much huger with less love. It so it, it, rather than peppering him throughout the movie, just having him isolated little moments <laughs> in the beginning. That is the epitome of his career. I just up. yeah. Already, I like, swear to God, he took the words out of my mouth. I mean, that is the metaphor for his whole career. Yeah, less I'm, is more. I mean, his spot in, in, in Wedding Singer, just the one scene. Yeah. You know, it is ladies' night time. Yeah. Right. Thanks for quitting. Ever since you quit, I've been the hottest act in town. <laughs> he, he can grate on your nerves with too much of him. Yeah, like, the critic, Jay. <laughs> we, we like him more as a, a spot guest in The Simpsons. Hey, it is. My one John Lovitz note is John Lovitz' character. Perfect John Lovitz. That's it. That's it. That's what he needed. Yeah, yeah. That was good on the editing team there. They did a good job, I think. I like the scene, we're getting up to it now, where Mr. Harvey recruits Jimmy Dugan. And yeah, right before that, I just do want to say goodbye to John Lovitz here. That shot of them walking into Wrigley Field, when I talked about being transformed into my seat as an eight-year-old in the theater, I remember that shot so perfectly 
the 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 dark into the green and then just seeing Wrigley Field like you know just seeing a baseball field at that point with everything they showed you that was relatively dull the one little shot of Cooperstown um, but just that that dark tunnel into the Major League Stadium um, just oh what a shot what a shot and there's your uh, uh the cinematographer kicking in there oh yeah he has a few shots Miroslav Ojechek yes. Love the opening of Wrigley when they when walk, walk out. out. And that's right after the train shot, too. It's a cool little train shot going going cross-country. Yeah, yeah. they showed a little, little, little crane shot uh, overhead or overhead shot of mm. uh, the train and then yeah. right into that. And um, then you're in. Then we're in tryouts, right? That's yeah, we're in tryout zone. We're, we're, this is where we meet Madonna. Madonna and, and Rosie. Rosie. Let's get shoot, some Rosie and Madonna we, thoughts we out. Yeah, the, the giant elephant in the room. Madonna is a smoke show uh, in this movie. This is prime... Madonna. This is me. like blinking red 10 out of 10 Madonna heat. For um, me, and Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Gina Davis is interesting because I never thought I never thought of her as like, wow, she's so beautiful until I watched this and I was like, she's I, gorgeous, I guess maybe she's I was a kid. I, I don't know if I just missed it, but I was like, God, she's stunning. She's stunning. And, and, and stunning I, is the word. And I agree stunning. With, I agree with Artie. This is like peak Madonna for me. Like, beautiful. she is a smoke show of this. Um, I agree too, and I'm happy about this because I had a little side combo with Grant today, and he was gonna bury Madonna on this really? uh, on this episode. Yeah, and I, I just was well, a little talking, startled. I think we're talking about looks first. Well, not. he was gonna bury your acting first, so I don't know. It wasn't gonna be a looks thing, but uh, but yeah, I I agree, Artie and Chris. She uh, as a, as a kid, I was smitten, hmm. um, and as an adult, I was smitten. Yeah. I gotta say, she's yeah. she she pops on screen here at this and. I gotta be honest here. I think she does a great job this movie. I don't think she's I really bad at do. All. I think she does great. She's more than serviceable, and she's I asked think. to do a lot. And I think Madonna and Rosie, who are real life best friends, yeah. are perfect together. Dude, they, they have, have good a perfect dichotomy. Yeah. Absolutely. Rosie's got the accent, and Madonna's got the you know. I would say Rosie somewhat steals the movie in a lot of scenes, dude. Like wow. No, I enjoy. She's both really of them. funny. Like yeah, I all her scenes are memorable. Yeah. I love when they're, and they're so they're tryouts. They're like trying to be tough. Like Rosie's trying to be tough. She throws the ball at Dottie, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, you're on our side yeah. now." Yeah. Well, some of them are going home. It's <laughs> kind of silly, but I mean, she catches the ball. But uh, fine, all good. I love. They're, that they nail the New York thing, like they they, they come off of that that nineteen forties New York vibe. They nail. I and, like, and I, I get it's so. I get it's I Rose. Ro- Rosie is not putting on an act. Like, that is what she is. Yeah. You know, like she's doing it. So, so well, in that from, sense, from New York too. No, uh, Madonna Rosie's, is Rosie's from Colmac. Ma- Madonna's from New Colmac. York. Where is she from? I don't know. Wales. I know she she's became not from famous. Wales. She's I know, a fake you, British accent. Talk about putting on an act. Yeah, Bay City, Michigan. Oh, okay, fair enough. Close, um, close. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, so, the, the, Rosie shtick, um, it was, you know, the whole, I'm from Staten Island, I thought it was a little forceful I, for I, myself. Um, the accent turned me off a little bit. It, it was is a little how she too, speaks, though. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little, it's tough a little too, like, Rosie Dice Clay. Yeah, you know what I mean? agreed. But, okay, but I'm over here now. In a movie <laughs> that has some over-the-top characters it works she's one of them like it fits within the movie i'm not saying it doesn't work i'm not saying it doesn't work it does work and i remember as a kid watching this i was very much into that character and that you know it's the um excuse excuse anyone who might get offended there Madonna and and Rosie are the Timon and Pumbaa of this movie. Like, they, well, <laughs> let's give a shout out to our, our Lion King episode. I, I was gonna um, say Rosie's a bit of a hype man 
Yeah. yeah you tell him, Meg. You go yeah, ahead, yeah. Meg. Like, but that's like, that's part yeah. of the comedy. It's like, I don't know why you wear clothes at all. Yeah. <laughs> they said that, that both Rosie and Lori Petty were like the best two players. Yeah. Like they were legit. You see that. They were the studs and they were like competing with each other to be better and better. And these girls had to play ball. Like yeah. there was, they were playing simulated games. Like they did scrimmages and then took clips I out from the scrimmages. Madonna's the one they kind of had to shoot around a little bit, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I know that Gina Davis, because she joined so late, there was, she's the only one that used a stunt double though. The only one. Yeah, the split, but that's for the split. The split and a couple of, a couple of baseball oh, scenes right. too. But she joined she up so late. Good. They said she was a natural though. She hopped in for the, she got the fewest training and just, and just hopped right on. I made a note that uh, Rosie Arenado over there at third base had a golden <laughs> glove. <laughs> and if anyone who's a fan of Kirby Enthusiasm, and she's wonderful on Kirby Enthusiasm, all of her, uh, her spots in there. There's the big uh, the softball episode where her and Larry are, are rivaling in the Central Park softball. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that no. episode, but you can see it. she can play in that too. She's yeah, yeah. swinging a bat. You know? On PEDs, she's on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so right. good. Now, she used to have a show called the Rosie O'Donnell which show, which was I used huge. To watch huge it every day. Thank you, Jay. God, I'm not insane. <laughs> was I it the McD of the McDLT? Was dude, the uh, musical guest? I thought it was so funny. I loved it. I thought it was so throw, funny. She like, fling out toys to yeah. the guests. Like, Randomly. Yeah, the whole show oh, was hilarious. It was a that mega was a show. show. It was. Yeah, amongst middle-aged women and me and Jay loved it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it was... 14. It was one of the, the highest-rating morning shows that there, that it was there were very, around. Well, my mom used to VHS tape it every day. I think it was an after So I could watch it after school. I think it was like Oprah time frame I wrote, she used I mean, to have a crush on Tom Cruise yeah she, yep, she that's right the, the big hat, Tom Cruise yeah. thing. Well. she got critis- well she got criticized for that because she obviously isn't into Tom Cruise right like yeah so she, I think people criticize her for being disingenuous for that. Mm. I guess you Ellen had a little bit of anyone you want. Of course you can. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. If you guys remember how big Survivor was the first couple of seasons, another one, the show you couldn't like, you couldn't get away that someone was talking about it or, or at that time. It was around the same time as Rosie was to the point where Rosie hosted the finale for it. Um, the only reason I know this is because I went, but I was I was super into Survivor for the first handful of seasons. But those, like like the second season, the third season, where it was like the highest rated show on television, um, I recently went back and kind of and, and rewatched the uh, the seasons just for nostalgia purposes. And we get to the finale, and Rosie is hosting it, and my my I had like a bit of a brain freeze. I'm like, oh my god, the Rosie O'Donnell show! Like, I this is like I never I haven't thought about this in, in you know in too long. I can't believe but, I'm even talking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it is wild. Madonna performs too. I gotta say the whole scene of her dancing. In the in the room, oh uh, my god! Amazing scene. We already talked about uh, Marla Hooch's uh, involvement in that scene, but her doing the spin dancing, just again a fun scene. Great to get off the field a little bit, see them cut loose. Loved loved all that. Well, I've already raved about Madonna, so like, yes, she's awesome. And it was cool to watch her. They like showed off that she's yeah, it, it, she could dance. That, that's clearly that's a Madonna scene. That's clearly the okay. We have Madonna in this movie. Let's, let's let her go. Let her go yeah. for yeah. a bit. Yeah. I will say though, apparently she was not popular on the on the set. You know, was uh, the, like the weirdo. To this day, she's hated in the town of Indiana that they filmed this in uh, Evansville, Indiana. She's notoriously hated in the town because she was so rude to everyone who was there. Didn't want to be in the town. Uh, there was a there was a lot of long sets with people extras have to be in the stands in the heat. This whole movie was filmed in the hundred degree weather. I mean, it was like David Lean style filming here, where 
you're out in the in the in the great the Great Plains deserts, you know, getting getting heat all over you. And, and you know, Tom Hanks would come out and do shtick for people. All the different people would do it, and Madonna yeah, refused. Rosie did like co- a comedy. Rosie set. did a comedy yeah. set. Yeah, oh, Tom God. Hanks did his did his like Ro- a, Rosie in the hundred degree heat. That's like <laughs> hell. <laughs> oh, Madonna notoriously refused to have any part of it. So the other cast members would sing her songs for the crowd. Yeah. They'd come out and each one of them would do a different different hit song. And and you know, you remember leading up to this is she's now sets the record with this movie for solo number one hits by so she's got a a, a list. I think it was like this is either her eighth like or her seven, ninth. Because right? I think Whitney's was seven, I think, I thought. Yeah, so okay, so this like is eighth, eight, right? Yeah. Um, like she might even have had a couple after this. So you just had Tom Hanks singing, Life is a mystery. You <laughs> 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 forgot John Levitt's uh, <laughs> Over the borderline. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Like um, a virgin. <laughs> hey! <laughs> David Strathorn. I love him. What a character actor. He's awesome. Yeah. What a um what a thankless role in this movie. He has to kind of toe the line between heel like, like corporate, corporate heel, yep, yeah, corporate yeah. stooge, corporate heel in and the guy who's trying to save the league. And like most movies he's in, just kind of flies under that radar yeah. of the bigger stars and is always such a welcome piece to any movie. Yeah. I, I don't know why he's not in more these days. I know he's in Nomadland. That's the one that we'll get to talk about. He's trying, trying to get A.J. Soprano into college. You know, he's doing a lot, dude. He's <laughs> doing right. a lot. Da- dangerously <laughs> sleeps with Carmelo Soprano. <laughs> yeah, not, not, uh, not easy. Not easy at all. To stay alive during that. Yeah. He, he steals every scene he's in. He's, he's great. He's the lead in every scene he's in. Very handsome dude. Like, like he's uh, he he kind of pops on screen. Like, like we said, Madonna kind of did that. He kind of does that too. Look, know? has the classic silver screen movie star look. Yeah, he, it would have been great in the thirties. Oh, and dude, yeah. Yeah, that's him and Bing, which is why yeah. him in Good Night and Good Luck, he's perfect. Black and mm, white. That was his one nominee. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He he's perfect for this role because it's nineteen forties. He like he looks that like nineteen forties handsome guy look. Yeah, my. I love, in the, I love when the old guy puts the glasses on, so you know it's him. You know, it's yeah. like they get those glasses down. There. My first, or probably one of my most memorable experiences with David Strathairn is another uh, movie theater experience as a, as a kid. Probably, I think it's a couple years after this, but The River Wild opposite oh, yeah. Meryl Streep. Do you That's guys remember Kevin that Bacon? one? Yes. Kevin Bacon yeah. in that one yeah. too. John John C. Riley. He's the John dad. In that. John C. Riley he's too. The dad. He's the dad, yeah. and he is. Right. Awesome. He's amazing. He's awesome in it. That yeah. movie somehow is awesome. Yeah, I mean yeah. Meryl Streep, Kevin Bacon. I, 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 I get it, but like, <laughs> no, the movie's amazing. Imagine pitching that movie like, and someone being—it's like, an action movie on the river. That's Meryl what? Streep yeah. and Kevin Bacon. Right. Are like whitewater okay. rafting. Where's the action? <laughs> for me, that's like the one sport that for me that's done. like a, like a Saturday afternoon HBO watch. Like it River pops, Wild. Yeah, it's like yeah. on HBO. I'm like, I'm in. I'm yeah, in on this. Nope, they took a right instead of the left down the forbidden way. Up, we're in on this. Now. And they yeah. think he's like dead, and he's sending the smoke signals, yeah. and he's got the dog with him. Uh, just a, an incredibly dead. underrated movie. Yeah. Just, That's let's a serious screenplay. Like let's a serious. Yeah. Let's get this back in the in the forefront here. Yeah, yeah. River Wild. We need a river tournament. Deliverance, I guess, is in there. A river runs through it. River yeah. runs <laughs> through fucking it. anaconda yeah. would win. Mystic River, <laughs> right? Um, Already, you, you mentioned uh, the 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 introduction to Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks coming in, he pick it up where where John Lovitz left off here. And, Great uh, line here. Okay. So Mr. Harvey is walking him <laughs> through his park that he has in the backyard, and. 
he sees two elder like two elderly people in wheelchairs trying to play Shuffleboard. Uh, croquet. Oh, whatever that is. Yeah. He goes, uh, uh, "These are my in-laws. Hello. All right. <laughs> enough socializing." And he just starts talking to Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks. I love that. Enough socializing. All you did was say hello to your in-laws. That's the only thing he said. <laughs> Love that line. He has a lot of good lines. Yeah, Har- Harvey, who's who's based on uh, on on Wrigley, as we said, it's Wrigley Field, Harvey Field, yeah. uh, Wrigley, oh, okay. the, the head of the the gum the why, gum companies. Yeah. Why change it? Harvey Bars. Uh, the money, the dollar bill, dollar, dollar bills, yo. For, yeah. Well, what's it going to cost to use the, the the actual historical figure? Maybe they couldn't get permission from the I bet you at the time, and, yeah. Wrigley Gum was still, like, a thing, and they okay, would have had to pay money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or maybe they just didn't get permission. You know, it's a, yeah. you can rent the field, but you can't use the name. You have to use the name, it costs X amount more. You're already at a $40 probably, million dollar budget. Probably a big, lo- a big, uh, big L for them, I think. Not use, I, think I would have think Wrigley. that Wrigley would have, would have wanted in there. Maybe they just wanted to keep the character fictional. Yeah. You know, and, I and like the fictional... Up. Environment. Well, like Jimmy, Agreed. Dugan, Jimmy Dugan, Jimmy Fox. Why not use Jimmy Fox? Was it supposed to be Jimmy Fox? Yeah. Is that who it's based on? Yeah. Wow. Fifty-eight home runs. Yeah, big time. Uh, big, big time. Early Hall of Famer there. Yeah. So maybe that was their idea. Just go fictional. Yeah, he was. He never got the the fame that that kind of some of those early guys like like Babe. It's crazy because you looked at his uh, stat. I mean, triple crown. Yeah, I think he bounced like, around teams a lot. It's because of those other guys, though, too. Like he's playing at the same time as other complete monsters. Yeah, but and when you don't play on the same team, particularly for like some of the earlier guys, I just think you don't you you don't have that. You lose the identity a little bit. Yeah. Tom Hanks in this movie, my God, it it, it just. It amazes me. We're we're so ingrained in the idea that Tom Hanks is the actor of actors in our generation, but it just amazes me the difference in characters that he continues to play. Uh, it it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I, I recently watched as I'm getting to the end of my Clint Eastwood run. I recently watched Sully, and I was not going into it very optimistic. I'm like I, I kind of like lived around this event when it happens. This seems a little forced. This seems a little too soon. Tom Hanks, uh, and you know what? He, he you instantly forget it's Tom Hanks, and they just think it's this it's this old veteran pilot, and he's just he's just a masterful, masterful actor. It's yeah. interesting. I've heard him on a talk show, a late night talk show, say, "Well, if acting was easy, everyone would do it." And then I, upon the rewatch of this, was like, "Wait a minute! He says that to Gina Davis in this, and now we." He stole it and uses it talking about his own acting in real life. Yeah, he's quote, a method actor. <laughs> but he, he, literally, that's right. He, My quote of the movie: there. Does anyone, anyone have it? Anyone write that one down? Jeff figured that'll be right up here. It's the hard that makes it great. Yep. It's it's supposed to be hard. It's the hard that makes it great. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. So my notes on Tom Hanks is that he's pitch perfect as the drunkard, and he actually I like how they don't just make him a drunk for the whole movie how they give him this character arc Gina Davis brings him around there's the battle between the you know the sign giving with Marla up at plate and that kind of snaps him out of it you know it's like I'm the manager around here we'll act like it and all of a sudden from that point on it was more warming up to the team around him and all the girls around him and all the players and going from I don't have ball players I got girls to really <laughs> with the scene when he doesn't yell at Evelyn, you know, it's amazing. after this, no yeah, crying baseball, yeah, yeah. right? And then he's, that's like his moment of like <laughs> turning, like the character arc is perfect right there because he wants to just rip her apart, but he doesn't. And that's when you know he's made it. I, I don't know if this, that trope, that like, I'm a drunk, 
but I'm not going to be as much of a drunk by the end of the movie. I don't know if that trope started with this or it came before. I mean, it definitely is a thing in a lot of movies. Yeah. This might be one of the earlier incarnations of it, though. Definitely in this wave, this next wave that's going to come after it. Yeah, I mean, and it, but it is done very well. Like, like you said, like, once he starts, they start battling with the signs, you're realizing, okay, he's kind of getting into the, the job here a little bit, and he's starting, he's starting to respect them as, as ball players. Mm. Uh, it is, it's fun to watch the transformation, you know, you're, 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 we're all on board as, as the audience, you know, we're, we're in, we want to see this transition. Yeah. I love how harsh he is to them early Mm. on. He's brutal. His first line to Gina Davis is when she's giving the signs is, Hey, what are you, an idiot? Like that's the first line. Yeah, that's and, mean. That's and, really mean. And that scene, you know, Jay brought it up and already bring it up now. Is this is one of the reasons I love this movie? Is is the nuance, and there's clearly the movie is put together by people who know the sport and who love the sport. And and the idea of like, you know, you don't you don't suicide squeeze here. This with is your, your best, best player. <laughs> you don't suicide with your best player. Yeah. That's something. Big it's game. like it's like all right. Yeah, Gina Davis had a really great smart idea. A squeeze would work here. But he can't turn it off. It has to happen and go, ah, oh, no, no, no. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that. that's a B-minus idea. You know, <laughs> this is your best hitter. You, you right. hit with this. You squeeze later on with one of your your middle-range hitters. You catch him by surprise. Right. Yeah, just love that hoping stuff. for a big inning. You know, that, uh, yeah. you know, someone who's played sports knows yeah. about the big inning that you're going to have with yeah. a big hit. Yeah. So cool. Man, Artie, you talked about her harshness. His... You talked about his harshness, and I talked about a couple scenes that I distinctly remember as a kid, and this is one of them, him ripping up the baseball card. Oh, um, yeah. That's kind of heartbreaking, huh? Oh, as a kid, I couldn't, like, I, I remember being, like, stunned and shocked in my seat at the, at the, at the acidity of that, you know, of just, you know, like, and she's protecting the card. This is my husband's card. We find out later my husband dies, right. you know, like, it, the, the weight of that scene is really, boy, really sharply placed and uh, um, again as a little kid sitting in the in the ch- I remember the chair when that happens you know like uh, this is that and um, yeah and then of course later on when we find out that her uh, that her husband passes another so, powerful scene yeah this movie's funny as hell with punches to your gut yeah yes yeah. yeah. so, and some heavily weighted scenes that are not done in in a a, a cheesy schmaltzy manner that we often see from that era of movies the late 80s into the early 90s the schmaltz I think it has a couple of schmaltzy moments for sure yeah I, I don't think yeah I don't think it's completely innocent no, in that it's not era, but yeah but I think the, the, the big the, the good moments are the big moments are big and, mm. and, and emotional moments are emotional for sure I mean they also do a tightrope thing where like they'll she'll rip up this the card and you're like oh it's like a gut punch like you said and then Two seconds later, you have the the ten minute piss, which is iconic, hysterical. Yeah, I mean it's just so completely hilarious. Penny Marshall had a hose in the other room, and he didn't even know when he was going to be done. He's <laughs> just there, kind of like winging along, making faces. That's hilarious. It's smart to do it that way too. Yeah. It's just let him kind of like let everyone in the room kind of like awkwardly be there with. And this. then she she kind of. It stops a couple times, right? Like a f- some false evacuation. Stops going on. Com- <laughs> evacuation. Evacuation. Evacuation complete. I will say that one of those scenes completely for me was when the African American woman throws out the first pitch and it hurts her arms. And in that, like, that simple action, that simple scene, it was like, okay, oh, they're not allowed to play during this right. era. Yes, they're they're amazing, right? 
uh, they have just as much talent as anybody else, and you get all that in ten seconds. Right. That's called like she storytelling that. without spoon feeding it to you. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Be the opposite it of having it. Shows you. Yeah. It doesn't tell you. You yeah. know. Yeah. I, that's really Very great job with those little scenes. They have a lot of that. Agree this. completely. Right. That's a really perfect way to get that message across without even, giving it more time than it than it really has to have. So yeah, and it's, it's even an emotional scene when the girl can't read at the board and she doesn't know too, if she yeah. made the the team I have or that not. Too, and I have it that it's another woman helping her, right? You know, helping her yeah. read, right? You know, the fact that they join together, like they're like inseparable toward the end of this movie. At the end of this movie. Because they've they've helped each other do so much, and they also do a good job of like that. That coach doesn't understand. He 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 keeps saying like, "Are you there or not? Let's go." He and thinks then, she's just sad because she didn't make it. He, exactly, but he and he doesn't get it. The women get it though. Right? right? Oh, she doesn't know how to read. He doesn't even doesn't even uh, occur to him that she could not read. Yeah, that scene is going to come up again a little later. But I do want to say too is we look to beat up voiceover in these movies we love to to say like oh the voiceover here a little too heavy or to you particularly you're you're a killer chris you're a little more forgiving with it you're in the middle yeah can we compliment a movie and and let them know this is a movie that easily could have had voiceover yeah. in it and boy they get through this very nicely without it I and i think movie would be horrible with voiceover. oh it would clearly be a knockdown it clearly would be a knockdown completely um, agree and i think it's 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 important to note the movie's that go the other way and tell a great story without it. And yes, they use the framing device, so it's not like, it's not completely clear of it where there's a little bit, but mom, you used to do this and this, so that you, yeah. you have that. But but all that being said, is I, I think that they really stepped away from it, it worked. And they do a good devices like the newsreel, right? Instead of someone saying, it's the year 1940-something, this is that, it's like... Newsreel is excellent. Newsreel, excellent. And know? it gave you the vibes of the time, right. too. Yeah. Love, love that. They, they, do, they do use the uh, the montage quite a bit. It's it's very montage-heavy. There is there is the montage again. It's fine. Right? I'm of, fine of, with it. But of like the time all. the movie's been. Like yeah, no, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it, but it's, it's very montage-heavy. I'm a you sucker. You gotta have a montage. Montage! <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker. For a baseball montage, though. it just works. Like whether it's like little big league, major league, but yeah. just give it. It's, Especially it's, like how they how they fast forward through the World Series, you know, through right. like Game Seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's perfect because like, listen, man, it's a hundred and twenty whatever the, the how long the movie is, hundred twenty minutes. We don't have all the time in the world to be right. seeing every game of the series. So like, yeah, all you gotta give me a couple this plays. Is the most important game right here. Yeah. Yeah. You can highlight the different members of the team yeah. in different ways. Oh, you get that little one, that split. Team one, this team won that. This team won that. perfect. Like yep. now yeah. we know. I have one question. This movie's PG rated. Mm. They they mess with that a little bit. They this might be like they tell the line. They tell they the might line. Be, this might be one of the more PG thirteen. What with, what, PG with bosom and pickles? They pickle or? tickle a bit. They pickle tickle a bit. And, and <laughs> just having a drunkard on screen constantly. Yeah, yeah. Most kids are used to seeing that at home, so it's not a big deal. While this movie did, is that criteria for PG rated though? <laughs> While this movie did not have voiceover, and while Grant is not with us, Grant's going to give us a little taste of what this might have been like oh. if it did have voiceover and, and Ray Liotta was following our characters throughout uh, throughout the movie and giving us a little, um, a league of our own, fellas. And here is what it might sound like. You know, a lot of people didn't know why we called them the Rockford Beaches. You know, back in those days, Peach was used for a girl that was kind of sweet. Ah, oh, you like her. She's a real peach. I really think that's where they came up with the name for him. Anyway, 
This team was loaded with a lot of talent. Dottie Hinson was the best catcher this league has ever seen. I feel like if she was born a guy, she would be playing for the Cubs with no problem. Another one of their big bats was Marla Hooch. She was a second baseman. Now, she wasn't the prettiest gal in the bunch, but boy, she can hit the frozen rope like nobody's business. She was a real power hitter, a real slugger. Then, of course, you had to worry about Kit, who was Dottie's younger sister. Everything was a competition to Kit. You know, Dottie does well, fuck you, I'm angry. Dottie doesn't do well, fuck you, I'm angry. Kit does well, fuck you, I'm angry. You just can't talk to a person like that. You can't reason with her. She's bad for the clubhouse. And all these girls were led by Jimmy Dugan, a once great baseball player who all of a sudden, because of his drinking, really fell off. At first, he was real salty about coaching these girls. But eventually, he developed a liking to them. He even respected them. That's a real change right there. That's, that's something that you can't buy. That's something you can't fake. It really is a shame that they didn't win the World Series. They're a team that you could really root for. Oh my <laughs> God. That was pretty impressive. I have to give a really good uh, impression. Yeah, it was yeah. a good impression. I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't use the All the Way May one. They called her All the Way May because every guy she met, she went all the way. <laughs> you said that earlier today. Penny yes. Spaghetti used to slice the onions real thin. <laughs> She made the homemade sauce. She had this technique with a razor blade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the great Grant Z. Grant Leota. <laughs> For all the great performances in this movie, there's one that I'm not crazy about. Oh, is that going to be your LVP? Or maybe we no, want to wait? it's not okay. my LVP. Oh, this is just a, just a performance in general. I, it, it's something that's a kind of a trend with things I don't like in movies. That whole, like damsel in distress style of acting. Yes, you don't like the what was me. Constantly on the verge of tears. Kit does that. Mm. A good chunk of the second half of this movie. It's a bit irritating. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have some Kit. Yeah, well, we haven't, talked, we haven't talked Kit yet, we so haven't. let's go. Let's do it right now. Um, Chris, your, what are your reactions to that? You don't have to give any of your awards now. Just no, what no. are your reactions to that, that loaded thought? Well, uh, I'm a big Lori Petty fan. I, 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 you know, I love Point Break. I, you know, Orange is the New Black later on. She's good. And I don't think she's necessarily bad in this either. But the character, she sucks. I mean, right? I mean, she's terrible. She's a terrible human being. She's and, a or wife. at least a very, very, very immature person. How? Okay, let me ask you a question. How old are they supposed to be? Late teens, early 20s? Don't worry about that. Um, no, it is, well, it is kind of important. Because yeah, I mean, I would twenty three. I would think she's probably in her early twenties, and and I would think Gina Davis is probably in her well, mid to late. My, well, the reason I ask is because she's acting like she's twelve and mm. throughout the entire movie, and it's it's very one. It's almost it's pretty much very one tone. She's it, a crybaby. It, it's really annoying to watch. Like it, it's it's not it's not a fun character to me at all. Jay. Um, I think she does. You know, I think it... Is there anybody here that wanted the Peaches to lose? No. Right? I think it helps uh, make the Peaches... It makes you root for the Peaches. I, I understand that she's the younger sister and she never got a break. She has to get out of her hometown. She does... You know, there's a scene where she finally gets up to the plate and she's crying. Uh, upon Upon a bunch of 
review like uh, rewatches, I do feel for her more. And I feel at the end, you know, when they reunite, it kind of felt like they were reuniting for the first time in like a long time. So I do, I, okay. I get, I get it. But, but I mean, Dottie, but that's her character. Tries, you know? as, uh, often throughout the movie, Dottie is trying to give her opportunities or chance. I mean, she, she joined the league for her. She didn't even want to do it. It's yeah. like, but every step of the way, Kit is bitching about not, you know, being Dottie doing, she can't do anything right, no matter what I she does. I feel like that's her character. Where does she not, where does she, where's her arc? That's what I want to know. She doesn't have one. That's right? steady throughout. And yeah, it's, it, it is her character, no but growth. that's the problem. The character um, kind of stops. She only grows when she wins. That's when she all of a sudden is like thankful to Dottie or whatever it is. Right. And like in the scene at the end when they, when they, after the final game, and she's kind of almost like looking for that approval from Dottie. Like right before they hug, she's almost like, you know, you're proud of me kind of thing. And, it, and Dottie, of course, like, of course I'm proud of you. And she gets that approval from her bigger sister. And that's kind of, for me, where she kind of like melts into like, okay, I finally got what I wanted. Some sort of approval from somebody I love. I had expected to kind of be the low man in the totem pole here with this because I knew that Grant is very much on the same page with yeah. with you, Chris, of, of, and Artie, I guess, too, with this. I really dig the kid character a lot. I think there's there's some real interesting sibling rivalry stuff going on here, and I don't view it as base level. I, I'm not saying that I am defending her actions within the script, um, but I don't think she's a one-dimensional character. I... I I think there's a lot of her putting emphasis on the wrong things in life. And you mentioned her not having uh, an arc, Jay. And I kind of view that as part of the character is that her emotional arc doesn't happen because she's so focused on her competition with her sister. It's, it's all that matters to her. And we see that that puts not just a strain on her relationship with her sister, but essentially they don't have a relationship moving into adulthood, moving into into being grandparents, you know, that they don't get along later in life. And while she looks to seek approval here in this, and we learn that she gets very engrossed in the league, and she basically, you know, she's a, a star player through the Years end of it, on, yeah. whereas Dottie only plays the one year, she gets what she wants. But where does that leave her in her personal life? Where does that leave her with her family? I think she, and right. that's where the character is fascinating to me. And I, I think Lori Petty, her portrayal of the character gets a little shriekish at yeah, times and definitely. a little Chris, whiny, you know, yeah. like crybaby-ish. And I think that that could have been played a little differently to, to make maybe make the point of it come across a little bit. I don't think she did a bad job. I do. No, I, I, I want to emphasize that. I don't yeah. think necessarily she did a bad job. I just, I think there was another way to play it and it didn't, it just didn't come off sympathetic in any way to me. The emotional breakdown at the end in the dugout, to me, is, like, too much. I, I hate that scene. I hate it. It makes no sense to me. Especially she's like, as an it's like, it, it, it's like she's becoming a, a... Like she's having a massive internal struggle that... As an athlete... Hasn't been there. I don't disagree. As an athlete, you... Dude, part of being a competitor is, you know, using those emotions to... 
to play the game, you don't sit there and cry about it. You because you gave up one hit. Yeah, like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, yeah, and, and I, I've played baseball with people like that who, well, after a bad thing. inning, They're go to the end of the bench and cry. Yeah, like, and you want to and you want to push them in front of a bus at the end of the game. That's you want to yell at them? There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> but they do exist, but and they are right, there yeah. in the dugout. There, there are, are. Yeah, no. she is a very real person that we have all known. <laughs> you know, there are real human beings like this that that keep this forever throughout their lives, have this kind of resentment or competition toward people. So she does, where maybe she doesn't have an arc, she's definitely a very real person. That totally. Is being I think it might be a baseball thing. If that happened on a hockey bench, we'd beat, a, we'd beat somebody with a bag of pucks. Hockey players, <laughs> a little tougher. Hockey players <laughs> are way tougher than baseball players. It's definitely a different uh, atmosphere. The yeah, bench and the like Max Scherzer just left the game with a chafed nipple I right mean, now. The, so. guys, the guys on my team... <laughs> you watch your mouth. Max Scherzer's a safe... <laughs> the guys on my team are, are downright cruel. Like sometimes I do want to cry on the bench because of the mean things they say. But then they'll uh, hit you. Exactly. <laughs> I, there I are do, definitely ball players like that too. You know, it's like okay, that's I, how it is. And I do consider this a, a pretty wonderfully directed movie. I think Penny Penny Marshall yeah, does it great. does it does it really overall considering all the things she was dealing with does a phenomenal job. But that scene itself, that's where a director needs to step in because the script may have it a certain way and the actor may play it. A certain way, but I think that's where a director needs to hop in and say, hey, like, let's be a little less verbal about your emotion here and a little more physical. Subtle or just Yeah, let's slam the glove down. Yeah. You know, let's, you know, let's mm, get get more physical about it. it. Or show it in the eyes and not, not by crying, just... Show it with the yeah. eyes that yeah. you're frustrated or you're whatever you are. You she know? acts like, like you said, like a 12-year-old yeah, who like doesn't even want to... She's like, oh, I can't go bat. Oh, oh, I just gave up a hit. Like, all right, That's what kids out. do and when parents have to go and be like, hey, suck it up and go back out there. and do, You know, it's right. like, that's exactly. not what adults, how adults behave. Right. It's just I think so I see why you asked how old they are and it does matter. Yeah, exactly. It does help in that, doesn't Dottie see this, her act like across the way, doesn't Dottie see her all upset? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So it begs the question: Can we get to this part? Did Dottie let go of the ball on, on purpose? purpose? <sighs> okay, let's have that question in the ether and go back to it okay. later, though, because that's. I feel like that's a good like it, right before the awards. We'll we'll kick around. Yes, yes. But I, I like that. This is the part where you guys are going to roll your eyes a little bit. I mentioned earlier that early '90s wrestling was going to come back into play here, and I think that. Vince McMahon watched this movie, and uh, or either him or, or maybe Bruce Pritchard watched this movie, and a year later they employed one of the greatest wrestling storylines of all time that is so connected to this movie, and that would be the Bret Hart versus Owen Hart feud. Um, I realize I'm talking to a dead phone here with you guys and many of the listeners, but it's one of the greatest wrestling feuds of all time. That took place from from ninety three from uh, from SummerSlam to um, sorry from ninety three from Survivor Series to the following year ninety four SummerSlam, and I couldn't not think of it watching this movie. It is Gina Davis is Bret Hart, and Laura Petty is Owen Hart, and it's it's what about me? What about Owen? I'm what about not a Owen? Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know Bret. Everything's Bret. 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 And it just it plays out that way, and and couldn't couldn't help but think of it in this in this one. So I know there's a few there's a few people nodding at home. Ninety four SummerSlam they reunite, right? Uh, ninety four SummerSlam they they fight in the in the cage match. That's the end of the that's the, the end of the thing. They have their match together. I don't know if they end up like reuniting. Raw, the next he goes day, on to they... be a pretty big heel, so I don't think they end up reuniting. 
But they come back eventually, I think in more in the late 90s, they have like a, they have a, a connection with the, the Hart Foundation and all that. Total, and, and Laura Petty is Owen Hart in this. It's the petty, you know, look at me, everything's dotty, dotty, dotty. You know, look at me, what about me? Right. Uh, and her, you know, her, her finally winning the King of the Ring at the end there. Uh, I, I had to shout that out because I, I thought of that watching this one. Uh, Artie, you uh, said there was something you didn't want to get glossed over. We were touching on some performances. I want to emphasize that I think Tom Hanks creates an all-time American character in this movie. Mm. I think Jimmy Dugan is, I think most of his lines are unforgettable. I remember most of the scenes from when I saw it as a kid. Everything he's in, no crying in baseball, you look like a little penis with a hat on. Basically everything he says. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. I mean, that's, that's, it's all, yeah. I mean, it's all time. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's, he's got a ton of those and he's drunk acting like is a stick. I'm a stickler for that. And he, yeah, really good at it. We didn't really spell that out before. I was going to ask it's you that okay. question. It's okay. It's okay. He's it's good. a little over the top. Well, I would agree, Chris. I would agree. It's cartoony, but it fits in the universe we're living in in this fictional movie. In in this fictional PG movie too, right. where it's not we can't we can't really have the liquor all over. He can't be drinking. He can't be leaving Las Vegas. Vegas. Does he throw yeah. up? Does he? No. Did they show him throwing up? No, no, he didn't. Yeah, so they it's he a can't have that too. There's a lot of spitting and, and stuff yeah. like that. And when he goes balls. for the flask, they replace it with a coke, and that's we don't see him actually drink. If we paid you a little more. Could you be just a bit more disgusting? He's like, I love that. Well, it helped, right? I love that movie made in the fifth inning where you scratched your balls for the whole inning. For an hour. For an hour. Amazing. Until then, I thought you were dead. (laughs) (laughs) You better do it right. Trey Thorne kills it there. Great PG movie character development. Like, you're developing an an angry, degenerate drunk Mm. in PG form and doing a great job of it. Right, and I wish I could know his screen time, on time screen time for this, because I feel it's almost like John Lovitz, like, where it's like, it's it's like intermittent Jimmy Dugan, and every time he's on it, you're, like, laughing. Supporting actor or lead actor? Supporting. Can I I ask you guys a question? So, we got... A, 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 a all-star baseball player, you know, a little washed up because he's a drunk now. But you got a, a drunk all-star baseball player, and you got all the way May on the team. They don't hook up ever. You want you, you at some point he's drunk. Maybe she wants a sip of a little swig of his booze. Goes to the hotel room. Nothing. I mean, I do think that a coach and a coach and players do have a sort of kind of. Different connection. Okay, at you the know? beginning, but the, at the beginning of the movie, where he's a drug, he doesn't care about the team at all. I mean, the movie could have gone that way. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. In reality, that probably happens, right? He probably bangs. I think he's <laughs> too repulsive for all uh, the way. Man. That's a good point. Yeah, and I he's think pretty gross at that and, point. And, and and Rosie is not letting her do it. Right, oh, okay. they're both like yeah, they, and the like, character also. She's like, you're not doing it, and they're not get hooking up for sure. The character's also older than he looks in it. If you see like yeah. the dates at the end where they show his like lived and died, he's actually like he is very young. Well, in Tom, he Tom Hanks is a little is a little young to play the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sure. works. But. Party. So now they did have a romantic relationship between Gina Davis and Tom Hanks in this I, movie that, that they, they cut, got they out. Cut, they and cut. cutting it is the best fucking move ever yeah. because yeah. the moves, the the scenes where Tom Hanks meets Bill Pullman, and he's like, fan. "Oh, I'm a huge fan." He's like, "Oh, you're her husband. I'm a huge fan." Like, and then they get on the bus, and he's like. Uh, Tom Hanks says to Gina Davis, he's a, uh, seems like a really nice guy. There's this awkwardness mm. that you could tell would be different if they included the scenes or what, a scene or whatever of them kissing or something like that. Yeah. 
that are better now that that didn't happen. Alluding to the tension is much better than it actually manifesting itself yeah. in yeah. A reality. Because it avoids yes. the yes. romantic part of yeah. it, and it's now like just a human respect. That would make it more other. about the mutual respect. Yes. Yeah, this is an example of a nine, an early '90s movie realizing that it needs to not be an early '90s movie in this right. moment. It just let's get out of the way of ourselves for this time. Let's let's take a step back and try and be timeless. And and they did it. And they, and they did, did it. it. Yeah, they, that's fucking hard, man. Yeah, that's I think from what I read, Benny Marshall did a great job. Great from what foresight. I read, the, the actual players didn't like that storyline or, or weren't okay with it. Yeah, good. Because you know she was married, and like you know right. you just didn't do that. It changes too many. That would just yeah. fueled into the misogynist, the misogynistic view of or arc of some story. And this movie obviously was not into any kind of t- stereotypical misogyny. Totally running the show. It, it stayed innocent. Right. It, 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 it stayed to its own. It, yeah. and it, really? it was. It's not a love story. You're not falling in love with the drunk. Fucking manager, right? You're a ball player. You're right. a female ball player. And if you're gonna bond, it's over right. baseball. And you have a yeah. husband. Also, that's that, it. that the way the way Gina Davis plays that that role, it wouldn't make sense that she, she no. she's too controlling. She wouldn't for do that. that. Like she, it wouldn't yeah. make sense. You know? Yeah. She she says John, to John Lovitz, he, he asked her to play baseball, and she's like, "Well, he's like you're kind of a dolly," and she's like, "Well, I'm married." Like, well, he's not he's not saying he's gonna bang you. Like yeah, he's not here to yeah. pick you up. But I mean, right. she's that controlled, so it would not make sense for her to do that later. Thank God they did the right thing. Right, and her and when Bob finally shows up, and she is so like, "Sweetie, sweetie," like that would have been like so disingenuous if right. she had done anything before Tom Hanks. So you'd have been like, "This yeah. is awful, Bob." Get away from her. Yeah. That's how good yeah. movies go bad. Real, yeah, real, real quick. You know? A moment on Stillwell. <laughs> Chris's face just turned. The, turned okay, up. and that was the moment. Sandipus. Chris, why don't explain the audience what Sandipus is? It's a it, if you uh, watch uh, Louis C.K. I don't know. If, I know he's canceled, but if you watch one of his specials, he talks about kids in his daughter's class that he hates, and he uses the name Jazandipus to describe <laughs> this one kid uh, who's awful. Uh, it's a really funny bit. If you ever get a chance. amazing bit, an amazing bit. Um, and boy, Stillwell is just Sandibus to a T there. What, you know, he's really cute. Cut to him with the chocolate all over his wait. face in a sailor's outfit. I mean, just incredible. Slapping everyone in the... <laughs> wait, he, he blindfolds the driver. The driver quits. Uh, Miss Cuthbert? Yeah, Miss Cuthbert. Tries to convince the driver to stay. He picks up a dirt, dirt. off the ground and throws it in her face. Point uh, blank. I, found <laughs> that, I, was like, oh, I, I mean, he almost got in a fiery bus scratch. I found that inexplicable, though, that he would pick up yeah. a of dirt and throw it in her face. Like, yeah, that I, seems horrible. Like, I, I, I hide that I, in the nitpicks. I was like, I don't care what generation this is. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, that, like, that was I, something. I found that to be absurd as well. <laughs> I, I loved it, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she comes back with all the dirt on her face and she's like, he shan't be rejoining us. <laughs> <laughs> shan't is right. an underused contraction. Right. Jimmy Dugan is has no short supply of one-liners for her. Oh, he's yeah, brilliant. I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, that was you amazing. gorgeous stack of pancakes. Like, <laughs> uh, I, in love with the chaperone. I didn't include this in, in awards, but... His kiss with her was nominated for an MTV Movie Award for oh, Best yeah. Kiss. There really? it is, yes. Beautiful. Another supporting character I just want to shout out as a, the opposing manager. Oh. Uh, he was uh, also at the, uh, at the tryouts. Yeah, he was the yes, guy who ran the uh, Actor's name is Don S. Davis. Sci-fi fans will know him. Uh, and my brother, 
Brendan B being one of them, as he's was a fan of all three of these shows. He's in Stargate SG One as a main character in that, uh, alongside the uh, MacGyver. Um, X Files. He's Scully's dad in X Files, and he's also in Twin Peaks. He's a main character in Twin Peaks. And uh, for a Stephen King connection, there he's uh, the preacher in Needful Things, the Ed Harris movie. Um, but uh, a re- a real is one of those kind of just that guy guys who you see in all these yep. movies moving forward. Looks familiar, no, yep. but you don't know exactly who he is. And can we talk about the cameo? Can we talk about the first baseman for the Racine? Oh yeah, it's what's her uh, what's her name? Tia Leone. Tia Leone. Tia right. Leone making a cameo in this movie it. at the end. Yeah. I missed it. Oh yeah, she's in it. Yeah. She's also in the Charm School as well. You see her Is in she? the Charm School. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys are you familiar with she's Tia? Leone? I love Tia. Times. Yeah. She yeah. plays yeah. first base for them. She's in the dugout yeah. and at the end. She's in the worst Jurassic Park yeah. movie. She's not really Spang- uh, Spanglish. <laughs> In Spanglish as well? She is in Spanglish. Uh, yeah, Bad Boys. She's, the wife in she's in Bad Boys. She does the whole damsel in distress thing in Bad Boys. Looks yep. great, though. She looks good in this, too. You just missed her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't have any lines. Okay, we're getting down the uh, we're getting down to the home stretch here. Before we talk... Actually, the home stretch, it kind of works uh, in this one. They, really. All those puns that um, we usually yeah, use in other baseball episodes puns, yeah. work in this one. Before we talk about the final game, I think we'll, maybe we'll fast forward and talk about the final where where the movie leaves us off in the in the end of the framing device i i kind of expected to not like it this time where we go back to the present it, there are some feels in there when we it's see it when we see adults still well uh, the the guy from Wee herman um <laughs> <laughs> uh what is he is he Ernest in Wee herman or uh <laughs> or, no uh Francis. Francis. You Francis, got some yes. gum. You want some um, gum, Francis? What a, that, that's kind of an emotional scene is, when we see it, him, you know? He, isn't he the guy in, in Teen Wolf, too? He uh, might be. He he's might the be. fat guy in Teen Wolf. No, and I think you need that part because he says, I did it for mom. Yeah. She always said it was the best moment of her life being in this league. And, like, it's the perfect, like, sum up to this entire movie. Yeah. How much think, this meant to I think them. that scene is the only reason to have that kid in the movie the rest of the beforehand that's yeah a, it's a literally the only there. reason to have mm. that scene at the end it's good writing i just found a, a lot of great emotionality in, in that scene i also love when he's saying you're not you're gonna lose and tom hanks just throws a glove in his face he's like i'm like this movie is like it is tom hanks at like a nine like every oh yeah it's robert shaw tom hanks yeah you get that very yeah you get your you get your um your uh Castaway Hanks in this. This is yeah. you know him, him Castaway but on a baseball field. Joe, Joe versus the volcano Tom Hanks. It's still that early Tom Hanks where he's really giving it a thousand percent. Even the shot with uh, Stillwell and we takes a picture with his with his mom, you know, and kinda had the teary eyes. Really good stuff. I, yeah. I I loved all that. Uh, you had to have one of them kind of not be there, and you get the real life footage of the. You get John Lovitz, older John Lovitz, with the stogie in his mouth. Yeah. You get Ira Lowenstein with the. Glasses. All of that's well cast. Right. All of that's well oh. cast. They found the right people in all in all the spots there. Marla. She was really well. Oh, cast. she's like dot. Yeah. Do you re- recognize me? Yeah. She gives like, like yeah. The was monster. the was the reconnection of the sisters a little too overly dramatic? Would they not have? touched base before going to this thing like they're both trying to cooperstown new york i mean well, there's a weird like... scene when they're saying goodbye where dottie's like all right so i'll see you soon she's like well she's like will you come around for christmas she's like kid's like nah. it's like well, you're committing to not coming to christmas this early yeah. like i i well i think kieran kind of said it earlier that like it seems as if their adult relationship is strained you know like you get it at the beginning and you get it at the end too like I can't. I don't want to get into the nitpick part here, but but I can't emphasize how small of a town Cooperstown is. Like, 
you, you wouldn't just meet in the in the museum. You know, oh, like yeah. there would you, you'd be, you'd probably be staying at the same hotel. But I know they do have a bunch of hotels because they have the the Cooperstown baseball, um, the little league thing. But you'd think they'd put all the women up at the same hotel. Probably, <laughs> I mean, you, they wouldn't. I just don't know. Maybe she getting late was there was her point. Just traveling with her family. It did, like that one seemed a little bit like a little bit movie dramatics having them meet together at the hall in the moment. Maybe I, I, I guess think you it could makes dance sense because they wouldn't communicate that with each other that they were going. It looked like they didn't even know they were gonna. The other one was gonna be there in the first place, so they were shocked that they, they came. You know, Is, like you said, they definitely have been not talking well for the last couple of years. It's strained, yeah. Yeah, they mentioned in the beginning that she, she at least knew that she'd be there. Well, but I guess her response was, oh, she's probably not even going to go. Is it? Can right, we bring up right. Jay's point now? Is Dottie pulling a rose from Titanic? Okay, so now I want to... Dying yeah, with so, a secret? All right, so we're going to talk about the final game then. That's why I want to kind of have that be last. Any thoughts on the, on the last game? Before we do awards and, and all that, any thoughts on the game itself? Uh, so Rosie O'Donnell's intensity at third base with everything, like she's gonna shit herself if she doesn't stop yelling so loud. She's like, one more, one more. Like, all right, chill out, calm down, take a breath. Like, control I mean, your that's that's baseball. Though. It worked. I mean, Jay, how many giving nutty kids have you coached that are just at third base alone? Yeah, it's just right. Base alone. The editing's phenomenal in this last. Yes. In this last game. Yes. The editing is phenomenal. Between Ed- the hits and the pitches and, Edit- and the yes. crowd getting up. Yeah. Editing is my honorable, honorable mention. My second honorable mention. <laughs> I respect that because I always have two of everything, too. <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's let's just let's get our thoughts out there. Do you think she dropped the ball on purpose or not? I think we can't know. And I think that works best. Hmm. I, my opinion, yeah, she dropped it on purpose. Hmm. But I could be convinced very easily that she didn't. And both work for me. Um, Chris? It, it kind of doesn't make sense that she would do it on purpose. Only because she does tell the pitcher, high, hard one. She, she can't lay off him. She can't hit him. So why would she do that and then drop the ball? That's my initial reaction, too. Um, that was my initial reaction, too. However, the counterpoint to that would be... Because she gave her the scouting report and she beat her with the scouting report that maybe was kind of like, well, she proved herself with that and I'll drop it. I personally don't think she dropped it on purpose. I, 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 yeah. I kind of agree with that. I don't think she did. And again, would have been a tie game, would have gone to extra innings. I, throw that too. I always thought she dropped it on purpose until like the last two times. Until, until this, this recent week. Yeah. yeah. Also, she, that, they, they do... Sorry, Jay. They do show throughout the movie that she... It, she can't control her competitive nature, uh, Dottie's competitive nature. She can't let her walk faster than her at the farm all the way through till the end. So, to your point, I, I just don't, I just don't think she would do... I don't think she has it in her to, to do it on purpose. And by the way, yes, and I love that about Dottie is how competitive she is and true. she stays true to that competitive nature. Mm-hmm. Even, even at the end where she gives the scattering report on how to pitch to her sister and you're like... Damn, Dottie's not fucking around. She's right cold. Now. She's yeah. cold. Truly competitive people can't just not. And that's why she's so good. And yeah. and there in there is the juxtaposition of the two characters where Dottie wants to get away from the, the game because she can't she, her, her her competition is unbridled. She can't put a she can't put a valve on it. You know, there it is it's there and she can't run the her only way of, of containing herself is to get away from the sport. Whereas uh, Lord, Lord Petty's character, 
is just all in. You know, it's like I'm I'm pedal to the metal. I'm not letting anyone cheat me. I'm not letting anyone stop me. I'm going full force, and I will let it self-destruct my life off the field because I'm not thinking about my life on the field. I don't care about my life off the field. It's everything I'm going for on the field. I think Dottie might drop it on purpose because she views it as her way out of this. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. That's reasonable. Well, yeah. and like you were saying, like, Kid is driven by trying to prove something, and Dottie has already proven it before she even got to this league. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, it's this envy, you know, where, like, the talented older sister, like, has proven enough she doesn't want it, and where the younger sister will do anything to get that, you know, approval. I'm kind of fascinated by that sheltered quality of, of Dottie, though, that we see later on in life that, you know, her restraining from her competitive competitiveness has almost left her sheltered, yeah. you know? And there, um, there is a line, it's a quote, it's my quote of the movie, other than the, the big line, you know, the, the, heart, is, the mm-hmm. heart is what makes it great. Um, in the scene that already you wonderfully highlighted before uh, in, in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, with, where you have Marla Hooch and her father, and they're embracing at the train station, and she goes, I want to stay, I don't want to go. And he's like, you got to go. And um, his line to her is, nothing happens here. You have to go where things happen. And, you know, if we want to, in the best picture world, we want to tie that back to our, uh, our, our How Green Is My Valley themes of getting off the island and leaving family to go do something for yourself. And, as and early you, as Coda. Yeah, of Coda. As yeah. recent as yeah, Coda. Yeah, as recent as Coda, too. I think that that's an underlying theme in this movie as we see it in the framing device you see in the middle there. And, uh, it's really smart wonderfully executed movie that's just laden with heart. It really is. That's a brilliant line of dialogue, too. So good. Nothing happens here. Yeah, you, you gotta to go, go where, where something happens. Happen. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, you're. I'm giving up my one daughter. He's like, please write. Like, that's all he has then, is please write yeah. me a letter. Like, but what, he's, he's willing to do it because he knows was, it's better for her. Yeah, what was he preparing her for? Was right. he preparing to play baseball in Fort Collins? Like, right. no, he, like, if he was, was yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, as an adult, I tr- I like to go where things do not happen. I prefer that. Oh, I already, I know, already does My den in the dark is my heaven. <laughs> my blue heaven. So the BPC Awards in this honorary episode, we talk MVP, we talk LVP, we talk participation award, we do a little time machine recast, we give a little recommend, all that stuff. Let's start with MVP, and we will go with the champion here, uh, picking MVP for his championship movie. Tom Hanks, I think he carries this movie. I think he creates an all-time American classic character. I mean, hard to argue with. I mean, he's probably the most memorable part of this movie. I'll I'll, I'll wait to argue it because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna argue it. Well, now's the time. So let's, let's shoot. Uh, Chris, you're Chris, I mean, you're shoehorn myself in here. So yeah, I'm done waiting. Okay, so I did not as much as I love Tom Hanks in this movie. Uh, I think I think other actors could have played that role. Uh, Michael Keaton comes to mind. I think he could have the same energy, could have done a similar mm. job. So be, that being said, I picked somebody who I don't think was replaceable. I think she's the only person that could have played this role, and it's Gina Davis for me. There it is. Uh, um, I just don't think, I can't think of another actress that had the physicality to play it, and the beauty to play it, and, and the chops to play it, um, in my opinion. It's a good pick. You may have sold me. It's, um, listen... It's tough. It's it's tough, and and those were the two that I was I was down to. I will kick it off to Jay before I go on that one there. Jay MVP, MVP Penny Marshall. 
director, great. There's the there's the other choice that's in the mix there. Penny Marshall makes this era around takes account takes into account the entire era around the this huge moment, which is females playing baseball, which has never been done before, and she drops in African American women not being allowed to play baseball. She drops in the war. There's this scene where they get the letter, and you're like caught up in this baseball movie. And there's this five minutes of realizing, oh shit, there's bigger things going on during their lives right now, during this time. And uh, it's not always about baseball. And you think it's going to be Gina Davis. And when it's not, you're like, even though it was somebody else's, you're like relieved that it wasn't Bob. Right. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was somebody else's, right. But at least she made you feel for Gina Davis so much that you did not want her husband to mm. be touched with a bullet. You know, don't touch Bill Pullman, please. Yeah, we need Bill Pullman in this. <laughs> um, she does such a great job. Uh, earlier on, Chris, one of his first things was uh, talking about, when I turn this on, anywhere I catch this movie, I can watch it from. So if it's Gina and Tom on the bus, I can start there and watch it to the end because I felt like no scene was really wasted in this movie. There's a lot of uh, montages, but but every single scene you you could say that was... A character development scene or that was for comedy there's no scene where you're like you know i couldn't do i that they could have done without that i think she does an incredible job at encompassing the entire era around and also creating a fictional story that you care about all the way up until and the end keeping mm. it lean too it's not yeah it's, it could have this movie could have easily been a lot longer you know absolutely think, uh, in the wrong hands and, and yeah. it's funny yeah. And it's engaging, and it's um, it's tension toward the end. The tension is there at the end. Yeah. So. I mean, wonderfully said, Jay. I mean, that's yeah. that's a, a great case for Penny Marshall there. I I, I love that choice. I, I was honestly in between Tom Hanks and Gina Davis here myself. Listen, it's a it's a a combative conversation because you have Tom Hanks is the gifable entity in this movie. He's the quotable entity in this movie. It's probably what a lot of people remember first about this movie. I think a lot of that might have to do with what he did after this, with, with the Forrest Gumps and the and the, the castaways. He has the big lines, too. He has the famous lines. He does. Which is not all him. He delivered them, but those were written as well. Mm, they were. And Chris, I, I do like the point you made, that there were other people that could do that. I don't know that there's a ton of other people that would float those lines into today's zeitgeist, where there, you know, there's no crying in baseball. That You hear that, that high-pitched whine and Tom, boy, there's no crying in baseball. Like, if that's, if that's delivered by Michael Keaton, yeah, it's a great line, but does it, does it stay with us all the way through? I'm not I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think in the life of this movie, Gina Davis is irreplaceable. I, I, I really do. And I think it, it caps off. Boy, it caps off some career. It, it really does. And it, it's a shame that she doesn't go on f- to, to be back at the top of the mountain here after this. And we're going to go, I'm going to go through her, her things right now. But I, I I do agree that that I, I think my MVP in this is Gina Davis. I, I I really rack my brain on like okay who could play this who could play that in that era let's say I couldn't think of anybody in that era to replace her Deborah Winger. I love Deborah Winger, but she would have made this think, dated. It, she would have yeah, made this dated. I agree. Yeah. 
I think somebody who could do it now. I think Charlize Theron could do it now. Mm. If, if this, if we had the time machine, I wouldn't want to recast Gina Davis, but that would be a good one. I think she probably has all the elements, but I don't think anybody in that era did. I think Deborah Winger would be a different movie for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to just to just to zip through her career a little bit here, she she debuts in Tootsie in 1982. Uh, this is Gina Maybe Davis. Uh, goes through some some TV acting. And whatnot, and comes back in the main screen on uh, in 1985. Fletch, Chris, you know Fletch. Yeah, great Chase one, Jeff Chase. Right? Yeah, yeah, classic, classic comedy. Um, any other thoughts, Jake? Thoughts on Fletch? You seem like a Chevy Chase guy. The best movies. There it is. There you go, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Fletch. Oh, great, great one, three. Awesome movie. The Fly is going to come in next uh, alongside Jeff Goldblum. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, that's love wow, I just fly. had a flashback wow, yeah. to that tire. Great movie. Yeah, and uh, immediately followed two years later with Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice in 1988, which is a childhood yeah. favorite of mine, time. and that's where I basically knew her from her and the Michael, most. Her yeah. and Michael Keaton. I've uh, Michael Keaton and Alec Baldwin, yeah. I've yeah. still never seen that. Wow. Oh, that's a wonderful movie, dude. Ooh. Might not. I feel like an intervention. Maybe a, maybe all a, three of you looked at me like what? Maybe a rough watch as an adult. I don't know. I think I, I think it's artistically enough done, where it 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 curves the line of being dated. Where, Are you a Tim Burton fan? I am for the most part. I mean, this is like his, This is like prime. This is the best kind of Tim this Burton. Is, Prime like I love Burton. Batman. I like yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. I know no one does. Okay. I like that. This um, this is like quintessential in my mind is quintessential Tim Burton. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. This and, and Batman and I think this is it's a little less big budget Burton and a little more you know. When he was really I'm, being, I'm molding the clay. He's yeah. really trying to be as creative as he could be. Oddly enough, one of the first Tim Burton experiences I had was Frank and Weenie. Oh. Mm. The old or the... The old. My brother had a VHS of it. It was like... It wasn't even long. It was like 30 minutes long. It wasn't long. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that was my experience with Tim Burton. Can't not say... And Edward Scissorhands. Winona Ryder. Of course. And Edward Scissorhands is Burton, right? I love that. That's all prime Tim Burton. This sounds like you'll love Beetlejuice. I love Winona Ryder. Jay, thoughts on Beetlejuice? I can't... Already would love Beetlejuice. Yeah. And Michael Keaton's performance is absolutely bananas. Yeah, and the Deo scene is one of my favorite top five scenes of all time. Uh, Earth Girls are easy. I don't know, but I know is like it's, good one. Is it? It's yeah. like considered. Wait, I've seen one. that. Why have I seen that? that? Is that a random sci-fi movie? No, it's it was right. like a comedy, uh, right? Or is it once bit? It is a comedy for yeah. sure. It's about aliens and all that. Good so stuff. Yeah, there is a, there is a sci-fi okay. nature to it. Yeah, she wins her Oscar for the Accidental Tourist uh, that same year. So she does Beetlejuice. Earth Girls Are Easy and Accidental Tourist what, what, all in the same year. What year was Accidental Tourist? 88. So that's, that's the got, Rain Man. Rain I think Man. we got ripped for that, right? Uh, we, yeah, that was the one where in the Rain Man episode we were going through the, the, I think Zita the other ripped, nominees I think and Zeta's Zita like, how us. could you dismiss the Accidental Tourist? Yeah, we got ripped for Because like, we don't know anything about we it. We didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> and I will be going on an episode of Zeta's podcast to do the Accidental Tourist, the 300 Passions podcast. We we'll be doing the Accidental Tourist in a, a couple full months. Circle. They call that full circle. There yeah. it is. That's what exactly would Zeta think about the makeup in this movie? Just kidding, they were real actors, yes. <laughs> That's right, no makeup, yes. they did it right. She would not have appreciated it if they, if they had Gina, da- Gina Davis in aged makeup, she would not have appreciated it. And I'll, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. So uh, that's a, a Monster 88 for her there. Uh, 89, she more or less takes off. Then uh, 90s, Quick movies, Change, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Quick Change is great, that's with oh. Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a bank robbery clown, movie. Yeah, yeah that's a good one, yep. Yeah, don't know that one, I'll get to throw that, throw that on the list. Love Bill Murray, love bank robberies, good this one. is a good thing. Yeah. 91's Thelma Louise. Yeah. yeah. 
just a monster movie, the Ridley Scott film. And then we have 92, League of Their Own. Um, I don't know Hero. Hero. Why does that sound so familiar? Not the show Heroes. No. Like a Dustin Hoffman, maybe? Yes, Dustin Hoffman. Is he in that? Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's a really good movie. It's like Mad City, kind of. Andy Garcia. (laughs) It's like Mad City a little bit. I thought Andy Garcia was in Mad City, too. It was like him and (laughs) Dustin Hoffman. No, it's John Travolta. Okay. Good. Uh, Next is Anja. 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 This is where things kind of go down a bit. Angie, speechless Cutthroat Island? No. No. She's a. Cutthroat Island, I remember being something when I was, you know, like a big thing. Yeah. Like a big action film. Stuart Little. The Long Kiss Goodbye being the same thing. Stuart Little, the the animated. Miss uh, Little and Stuart Little, yeah. 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 It's kind of like a live action session. Live action. And then there's the the short lived Gina Davis show. Is there any recollection of this? Yeah. 2000, 2001. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no. the, and this is this is the downfall here. She's in Stuart Little two and three, and then more or less is not in a lot of stuff from here. So this takes us to ninety nine, two thousand, and it's a shame that that happens with a lot of actresses who kind of get to that best actress uh, standpoint. They had their little window, and they go. I don't know if she went to be a mom, or that happens yeah, too. Yeah, she could have been a family. choice, or yeah. like you know, sometimes it's weird. Like they get like you know, other actresses kind of. I guess what the, what the term is, mar- they, get, they get market corrected by another actress or something mm. like that. But yeah. I don't, she seems pretty unique. Like, it, it, yeah. Like, she could, I even, I wouldn't be surprised if she kind of comes back now and does some TV or something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe she, she stopped. TV with, show, what was it? 2016, was she's in the TV series of The Exorcist, kind of like a, a relaunch there. Oh, she's in Grey's Anatomy for, uh, for a four year run. So uh, She's oh, also okay. in a Glow. The oh, glamorous uh, ladies in wrestling. Yeah, she I was watched that show. I don't remember her being in it. Pretty good show. Yeah, I liked that one it too. So she pops up there, and uh, that's my wrestling uh, stuff. That's the stuff I yes, like. Yes, yeah. there you go. And she's got a couple stuff coming out. So help me, Todd is a TV series, and she she's in a movie called Cowgirls Last Ride. Okay, up. it's in pre-production. <laughs> All right, so those are uh, those are our MVPs. We uh, we have three great nominees there. We'll, we'll ultimately clinch the Gene Davis. MVP there. LVP. Interested on this one. Chris, I, w- I want to hear you go here because you- you've had some-, some pointed moments here in this conversation. Yeah. Man, it's tough. It's a hard one because I'm not blaming her entirely. I just don't think that the character was fleshed out properly. Uh, I'm going to say Lori Petty, and I don't think she mm-hmm. did a bad job per se, but I think the character, whether-, whether it was her portrayal of it or how it was written or whatever it was, uh, it was my, it was the, the the role that annoyed me, the character that annoyed me the worst, the most, mm-hmm. and and I, I kept hyper focusing on it. Yeah. And for that reason, I, I think maybe somebody else could have done a better job mm-hmm. there. Barely explained, Jay. LVP. Mine's very simple. Walter Harvey. Walter yeah. Harvey Walter wanted a little Harvey. more out of old yeah. Harvey. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> went out of his way to outside of Rand scene, he was the bad guy of the movie, right? He's a, a four-time Emmy nominee for *Pleasant the, the the Odd Couple*. Gary Marshall. All right, very simple, yeah. Um, okay, Artie LVP. Rosie O'Donnell's accent. Uh, okay, LVP. The the, the sticky Staten Island, and that's going to lead me into my very unpopular LVP here. It seems it was not an easy movie to pick an LVP, and I I really like the movie. I think it's. I'm really happy we covered it. Artie was a great a great choice and, and a great winner. Um, I, I loved preparing for this. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. 
My LVP, unfortunately, is Rosie O'Donnell. I, I, wow. yeah, I think her, her presence in this is is oddly dated. You know, I I think she's sticky and um, it, a little too much, a little too often. And um, I I I have to reiterate that as a kid, I loved it. I was totally into it. As an adult, not so much. I don't hate that she's in it. I don't hate the performance, but I have to pick a least. And to me, she was a little too much, a little too often. And you, yeah. you think it's that her 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 market value these days is lower than it was then? Didn't help. Didn't help. <laughs> yeah, it was that was where the slightly dated end of it came okay. for me. But uh, yeah, it was just it, there was a lot of times there was a little a uh, little much. I'll be honest with you. The times that I laughed the hardest in the movie were her scenes. Like really? Oh well, my quote like of the movie. My quote. Of the, I, I didn't give it, so I might as well give it now. Yeah, sure. It's hers. And it's the scene where uh, uh, Madonna is is saying, you know, what if, you know, my shirt just kind of comes unbuttoned and my bosoms fly out? And she says, you think there's a man in America that ain't seen your bosoms? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a funny fucking line. Yeah. And she delivers it and, really well. And so, you in know, like, the, her, her locker room stuff is, is probably yeah. where that's best. Um, yeah. And yeah, a lot of field stuff too. I, I guess, it, uh, you know, again, it's hard to pick an movie yeah, like yeah. this. It's, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty well crafted and well directed, as you said, Jay, before. Um, so, and Artie, I like well, how you kind of specified that a little more. They just put the accent. Well, and she the made me was, laugh. A that few is times. how she talks. It's kind so. of the same. That, it's she played it up. She it's, played it. It's up. kind of the yeah. same thing. It's like with me with Lori Petty. I don't think she did a bad job, but just my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, and but, same thing for you with uh, with uh, you guys. I guess you both, right? Well, Rosie O'Donnell's from Comac, not Staten Island. She's yeah, but she was around the accent yeah. enough. I mean, you know. I, 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 I trust her with it. Like, yeah, she knows what she's doing. We all, yeah. We've all I heard that it, accent. I enough. get it too. She, like you said, it's a bit much. I would confidently employ anyone from Comac to portray someone from Staten Island. Let's, <laughs> just, put Let's just put it that way. Oh man! All right. Yeah, all right. Shots, all right. shots fired. Shots fired. Indeed. Yeah. You might have come on, yourself come out there. Yeah, that's all right. Let's the, right. Please follow us on 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 social media at Best Picture Gus all of our Comacites out there yeah recommend us to your foe <laughs> I thought her ac- and I thought her accent uh, did the job because I watched it with a friend of mine and she would say something and we like would repeat it in the same accent like right. laughingly about it like it's a funny yeah. somebody, comedic tool that somebody in Utah is going to be able to nail that line with that accent because it, it is slightly over the top but, yes. like, they don't know what that accent is. If it not. doesn't help that we're from New York. Well, that's what well, okay. Participation award. What, did he get something? It was the uh, old man. Harvey, oh, Harvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Participation award. Throw a little love to someone else in this movie here. Artie wants to go. Yeah, go for it. All the way, May. Me too. Madonna. You both went Madonna. I went Madonna. Ah, thank God. She did great. I think she was very serviceable in the role. And... I think it was, again, it was a big deal that she was in the movie. Like, it was. At the time, probably less so now. I don't know, for newer people, but like for newer... Uh, she doesn't even look like current Madonna. The Madonna Enterprise has not aged well as far as like what she... What yeah. she's done over the years and whatnot. I mean, not in like a like a canceled way. Like I mean, so many people have, we've talked no, about. But, but yeah, it, she's not as big of a, a, a name as she was. But. Right. I think when they were making this movie, they thought that she was going to age like Elvis. For our age, people, she... Did. She, she did. Know. She did. Guess, yeah, and I guess maybe Elvis didn't age great either. <laughs> she <laughs> aged way better than Elvis. Yeah. He stopped aging. Well, she at aged. Some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he stopped aging. Uh, 
but yeah, dude, I, I think she's she's still. I listen, I watched the movie. I'm like, oh, fucking Madonna. There she is. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's still an important. It's important to me that she's in it. The song in the closing credits too. That is too. Much, to get a, anytime yeah. you get a, a a soundtrack song that goes number one. Yeah, it was a hit. Yeah. By the way, the Oscar winner for original song in a movie was another number one hit. Wait, in, what year? What year? Uh, Ninety two. It's a whole new world. Uh, Aladdin. Oh, oh the world. yeah, number one. And Can't argue it. I think there's a third number one in the mix. You have Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard, is in, is, is this? Uh, that's what I was gonna guess. Yeah, and she and she was win. nominated for. Uh, well, no, uh, I I will always love you is not written for the movie. That's Dolly Parton song. But I think I have nothing. Is the song I have nothing. You know, nothing. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. That I think that was nominated for the Oscar and then loses to Aladdin too. So Aladdin wins for best score. Also, who's your participation? I was again torn on this one. I'm happy you guys went Madonna, so I can I can lean back and go the other way. Gotta be John Lovitz. Gotta be John yeah. Lovitz. Right. Yeah, just yeah, uh, uh, just in both viewings this week, just was laughing out loud. I thought Everything someone would pick Ira Levenstein or Lo- uh, Ira Lois. Strathern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought well, maybe they will. Jay. <laughs> Participation award. participation award clearly goes to the casting directors, Ellen Lewis and Amanda Mackey. Nice. Wow. Love that. I have on record Kieran Black saying you needed the stars to come through and the stars came through because the casting director did sure. a hell of a job picking somebody from Staten Island, her best friend who's a little more promiscuous, the... Two um, two sisters. One is more reserved. One wants to prove something, um, and then all the memorable names from Betty Spaghetti to Shirley Baker and Ellen Sue and Ira Lowenstein, who we have already talked about having to been a perfect cast as that part. Tom Hanks being perfectly cast in his part. I just felt like all these characters. Every scene is so new and is not boring because. Everybody who is casted does a great job with their character. I love that, Jay. And and we don't... Yes, well done. Well said, Jay. We don't give enough love to the casting director. And... Right. Best Picture Cast. And Best Picture this, Cast. It's in the name. If any movie, yes. <laughs> if any movie deserves a casting director Not participation... It's Crash. I know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's this. And... Yeah. Uh, it, and for Zeta Short, there's no makeup problems because the casting of the older... Uh, players to their younger um, players, I thought was really good. I thought Gina Davis's. You said Linda Cartwright. Lynn Cartwright was Lynn the name. Cartwright, yeah. I thought she she looked exactly like Gina Davis. Um, just everybody was kind of very had the same semblance, and they kind of. They, I didn't feel like anything was out of place when I'm watching the very end, and I see all these guys come back. Uh, at the end, so very cool. Zita, Zita needs to know that you, she really shook you with the uh, the beautiful <laughs> mind, the beautiful mind yeah. makeup, Chris. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, okay, so uh, let's go next to time machine. time machine recasts. Let's go, and 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 that's a perfect segue there because now we have to do our own little. How cast dare you? There. Yes, and I, I'll admit that it is as I approach this. I kind of like I, I kind of as my awards they fill themselves out as I'm watching the movie. But I got done, and Grant was like, oh, I'm so upset I can't give my recast for this. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't even think of a recast for this. Because it is a, such a wonderfully cast movie, as you as you succinctly put there, Jay. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear, uh, and I guess we're going to start with Jay here. Um, you know, you just, you just oh, hyped, well, up the, hyped up the cast. Who did oh, you recast? Oh, well, uh, just to get on Artie's good side, I'm recast. <laughs> I have a good side? 
I'm recasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time I'm getting on Artie's good si- good side. This time I'm recasting Walter Harvey, and who am I putting in there? Oh, we all know who's going in <laughs> Christopher there. Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Oh, why not? Oh, wonderful. Why, why not? not? <laughs> when you said Christopher, I'm like he's gonna say Walken. <laughs> Plummer. Oh, I don't know. Yes. It was hard for me to recast it, and so I said Walter Harvey is definitely recastable, and Christopher Plummer. Why not? He would so be wonderful answer, in that role. Right? Yeah, love it. Right. You got it. Love it. Chris? All right. I'm recasting the bus driver, the <gasps> quitter. Oh, no. Oh, we can have the same one? I, that's also my, that's also my recast. Oh, and I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm replacing him with the Zodiac Killer himself, John Carroll Lynch. Okay. All right. All right. That's nice. good. Well done. Is that the yes. guy from Drew Carey? That, no, that is the guy. He was uh, the husband in Fargo and yes. uh, Norm. Yes. Yeah. the Zodiac Killer yeah. in Zodiac. Oh, Mimi's, Mimi's boyfriend. Fix you some eggs. Yes. Yes, oh, okay. so, yes, and you have said in the I past believe. that you're probably going to use Michael Shannon and, Michael and John Carroll Lynch. Michael Shannon and John Carroll Lynch are for mostly recast. my recast for every... <laughs> they should be in every movie ever made, so... Amazing. And it would be time appropriate. He was in Fargo a couple years later, so... Uh... Yes, yeah, no, that, that is, it is kind of time appropriate. Okay, so I, I have also recast the bus driver. <laughs> really? That's yeah. so random. Yeah, it is okay. random. And I'm staying time appropriate as well. Uh, because we're staying that ninety two ninety three world, and he's he can get in character for that years because he's played a bus driver before. I I want to find out what happens when there is yelling on the bus. I went Chris Farley as, wow. as the bus oh driver. What happens when oh, angry Chris Farley gets gets uh, little Stillwell's hands put behind him <laughs> after he goes good great. So it's everyone on the, the Billy bus. Madison. Yes. Billy Madison character. I'll turn this damn bus around. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. That's good. Yes. So there you go. I'm women's lunches. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was teasing with Christopher Farley as older Stillwell. Well, yeah. going into my time machine. Oh, recast, okay, Artie, what do you got? Older Stillwell <laughs> has been recast. Okay. With Andy Richter. Oh, that's oh, nice. Nice. Yes, yes. That's a nice one. Totally good. works. Very totally simple. works. Yep. Although Francis from Pee Wee is really good casting. <laughs> yes. Scene of the movie, guys. Scene of the movie. Tough one. Tricky in this. I kind of think the letter is the scene of the movie. The when the the letter arrives mm. from the military. The telegram scene. The tel- is it? It's a, te- a telegram. Yeah. It's a telegram. Okay, yeah. fair enough. The telegram arrives we don't know who it's for we know it's one of their husbands that's that you know has died in the war the fucking postman is being he's fumbling about yeah, he's fumbling yeah, around yeah. and being kind of an asshole about it and 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 you know tom hanks grabs it and yeah i just think it's it's the most dramatic scene in the movie and it, it kind of shows how close he's gotten with the girls and and what they're dealing with forget the baseball part but what they're dealing with in everyday life they don't know where their husbands are or or how, or if they're alive or dead, and I just think it's a powerful scene, and, and uh, so that's yeah, cool. yeah, great, great, well said. There's a bunch of those in this movie. There are. Um, I'm gonna go with Marla's first tryout in the gym. That's my scene of the movie when mm. when he doesn't want to take when John Lovitz doesn't want to take Marla because she's ugly, and the two uh, Betty uh, Dottie and Kit stand up for her, and then the dad goes up to John Lovitz and says. No, I don't know any better. I raised her as a boy. Please don't blame her for my mistakes. As a parent, that's very powerful in a movie that has had nothing but slapstick comedy so far. Yeah, With John Lovitz's yeah. one-liners, and now we have this punch 
of emotion like that yeah. really worked. They weigh some they weigh some comedy and drama in that they really really, really well. do yeah. really well. Yeah. Jay, see in the movie for you. I'll go with when the two sisters reunite at Cooperstown mm. just cuz I get a little teary-eyed every time I yeah. see it. <laughs> um yeah, it's just nothing matters anymore other than seeing your sister at that moment. So it's nice, you know, they forget about everything and they're happy just being there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. The scene of the movie, shot of the movie, is always kind of tough because sometimes there's a shot that's so powerful that kind of becomes the scene of the movie. And for me, that's the walking through the tunnel into Wrigley Field. Yeah. You know, that is the that is the image of this movie that I'll always have with me. Uh, uh, you know, for the rest of my my movie viewing life, um, and it, it it finds its way into that little hall of fame. Uh, but Artie, I'm going to couple on top of yours um, with with Marla and her dad at the train station. I'm glad. You know, and that's the and the goodbye scene. there. I think thematically, that's at the heart of this entire movie, and it it manages um, the sports versus the baseball versus family versus we're, we're leaving where you're from, leaving your your all of that stuff. It, it's it's the emotional core of this movie, and I, and I always look for that stuff. I, I look for that the that the thematic core, and and it's right there. And I just want to I want to throw this thought out too because I, I wanted to lead the podcast with this and things just kind of snowball and, and go from there. Um, but sports in general, sports movies in general, man, you know, I, I think it, in doing this, I think it was a little shock to all of us. We found like the rom coms are way more popular in the voting than the sports movies. I think there's like a good core of the population who just doesn't care about sports, and I respect that and I get that and and. You know, athleticism in itself is a little bit of a niche thing. Not everyone's athletic. Not everyone gets into that. But I think that there's something to be said about sports. And, and in, for me, at least, I'll speak specifically to baseball, is there's a, there's a bit of escapism to, to, um, to why we love sports as a society and why I think for most people around the world, it's soccer. Um, for a lot of people in America, it's football. Uh, for a lot of people in some of the colder areas, Chris, it's it's yeah. it's hockey. Uh, but I, I listened to a, a, I just I wanted to share this little brief anecdote before before we move on. So another podcast I listened to is a Stephen King podcast called The Losers Club, and they were covering Stephen King's novel, uh, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, and one of the hosts wonderfully led it off with, "Why do people like sports? And why do people get into this stuff?" And I have, I have had plenty of people in my life, as someone who is professionally in sports too, where, who just don't get it and they just don't care about it. They think it's just, why are people watching this? Why are people dealing with this? Um, but the, the anecdote he told was really moved me. In, and he, he was, I guess they're from Chicago, they're Cubs fans. Tie it back to, to Wrigley here. And it was one of, uh, one of his parents' funerals. All right? He's got all the family in, a lot of people traveling, getting in, getting in the mix here. A traumatic time, young enough guy to, to be dealing with this. And it was opening day. And anyone who's a baseball fan knows that opening day holds a little extra weight. It says we've been without it for a while, and, and here we are. And and there, there, him and his family and all these people who've traveled and gone through all the stress to get here and going through this ordeal, they're all in suits, dressed, waiting to go to the, to the wake. And the Cubs are on, opening day. And here, where everyone should be stressed and worried about something else, they're all just locked into the Cubs game, and the Cubs hit a hit a. But before we do that, let's delve into the nitpick zone.
have to do the nitpick zone. We uh, we normally do this before the awards, but because we didn't do that in the Princess Bride, we'll just we'll stay uniform with these two. I had, listen, I had a bunch of little petty ones I could have gone with this. I, I have some some bigger ones to look at too. I want to start with, with one that, Chris, you brought up and you wanted to bring up in the meat of it. Now, I think we'll talk about it here. Dottie leaving for the big series here. Yeah. Dottie leaving before the World Series. Um, Chris, I'll let you kind of start with that because you, you were you were going a little well, bit. Well, I'm just curious, like, how long is the... I mean, the World Series, it's seven... Is it seven games? Seven game World Series, yep. So... It's probably she, two rest days in the middle there, too. She so. missed... Right. She missed six games with game, with days in between. Where, how far did she get before she turned around? I mean... That's a long way to go. It's like 10 days of driving. Yeah. Right. And I, I read in, in just the IMDb trivia for this, is it actually would have been impossible for her during gas rations for what, how much you could travel in a day that she would not have been able to turn around and go back. She would have had to stay and then wait <laughs> okay. and go. But um, that being aside, Chris, this is my biggest nitpick of this movie, is it's completely absurd to believe that the best player would could casually walk away and then just come back for game, game seven. seven. Like who, who's even knew that there would be a game six, let alone a game seven. Right. Like it's, it's, those are if necessary games and you're going to just stroll back. And this is, I know they briefly address this in the movie, but no, you don't just come back for game seven. Like, like fuck that. And, Maybe, like, and, and by the way, her, Bill Pullman, the, her husband seems perfectly supportive. Right. Like, why not just, Stay or he's, or come he's not, right back. He's not going anywhere. No, it's it's total movie. It's total right. movie Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Like oh, game seven, she's back. Terrible. She should have been there for the series. Yeah, find a way to say it. What? And you could still do the montage and still have her a part of it. Maybe and you go down 0-2 and she comes back in three. Right. Like, there's a there's a way to do it where where she'd be scheduled to come back, not just say, oh, you know, they're they're probably at games. Five right now. If they lose six, could be the last thing on the radio. And also, the... she shows up. She shows up, and it's like game time. And like, oh, okay, you can play. Yeah, Hank does like, say that. He goes, oh, who says you're in the lineup? You, right. like, well, the the reality would be like you're not fucking playing. Like, yeah, I got, right. I already got the lineup. You abandoned us. Like, yeah. You abandoned us for the big series. But then thing. they show the catcher who's been catching, and she's covered in bruises <laughs> and welts. Like, <laughs> I think she looks good. Like, I well, think you're already dressed. Right? It is consistent it of of. Uh, of Dugan's character to let her play though because he's not, doesn't have a ton of integrity as a coach. Listen, it's game seven much. and your best player comes back. You're finding a way to put her in somehow, right? Somehow. It's ridic- It's ridiculous to me that she would just come yeah, back for yeah, game yeah. seven. Yeah. That's just, yeah. So game seven is also a, one of my nitpicks. Another okay. part of game yeah. seven. So Kit plays with them the entire season, basically almost the entire season until fairly close to the end of the season, right? She's she traded. traded. Yeah, she gets traded. Yeah. Dottie then goes to the game seven, goes to their pitcher, the Peaches pitcher, and says, "Hi, hard one. She can't lay off him. She can't." The, they don't know that already. They played with her almost the entire season. We, we're to my my main nitpick here. Are there no scouting reports? Because every team in the league should just be throwing Kit high fastballs well, if she swings at him and she can't stop. She's out of the, the team she played on. She'd be out of the league in two weeks. They're like, you stop swinging high fastballs. No. Two weeks later, okay, you're not in the league anymore. You can't <laughs> right. not swing at them. You're striking out every at bat. But my yeah. point is, like, the, their ones. their own pitcher would know the weakness of their own player, right? Like, well, Kit Kit was their pitcher, so now uh, this person is okay, you got me never there. faced Kit. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. But in practice... And Dottie's never caught for in, Kit and pr- said to the pitcher, throw high ones yeah. there. Okay. But, yeah, but, but she's in the dugout. She's not dugout watching You would right know. You've you seen her hit right. all season. Right. You would think you would see her do that often. Totally. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're right. Um, I, want, I want to throw another one in here that you guys touched on before I said we'll be coming up again. The whole girl can't read her name on the... The cut list. They were, they, Can't read your own name. It was written in a script. A grown-ass woman. Script. It was written in script. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Written okay. in script. Okay. Don't we kind of, like, going up to the day, know the names are going to be posted? Maybe have an idea what your name looks like before you go to the... I, I mean, when my daughter was, like, learning how to, like, read or write, the your first name. thing she knew was her name. And right. script and print are not... They're not d- different languages like come on like they're like it kind of pretty similar i mean i would imagine that a grown person who did the travel to get here by the way knows what their name looks like on paper it's just it's kind of crazy you would have played that coach's role very very (laughs) who wrote that you fucking idiot you don't know how to read your goddamn fucking name oh your name's right there by the way now it's not anymore you cut (laughs) who wrote that this is an eraser john hancock like he's like Fucking Shirley Baker in huge letters. <laughs> oh, good. Kirby Hancock. Jay, any nitpicks you have uh, floating around here? Um, I liked uh, Tom Hanks being a little too young for this. And um, yeah. I do not like uh, Gina Davis leaving for seemingly no reason. She says it just got too hard. Which, I, if you if you take a second to think about it, you could think about, okay, her competition with her sister and just her husband being away for so long and she just wants to go home and relax and um, kind of feel comfortable and safer. Uh, but it does induce, I think, one of the greatest sports lines ever, which is, it's the hard that makes it great. So I kind of, yeah, yeah and, I have and, no problem with her leaving. It took her 10 days to figure out. That what he said made sense and right. coming came back. And how about the fact that we traded away our ace pitcher because of you? For like you. so we so now not only are you going to leave us, we you were said you were going to leave us. Like all right, we'll trade your sister and our ace pitcher to our biggest opponent, uh, uh, and you're still going to leave us? Like yeah. come on, where's the competitor on a, inside? Anybody you? who's on a team yeah. and knows what a team means would never do anything. Like I mean that, that is a, that is a scumbag teammate. move. That's a horrific teammate. That's a, oh, we have a playoff game? I slept on the floor last night. I can't really play today. Well, that yeah, that was before Bill Pullman came to town. And now we have to go on a cross-country trip to Oregon, you know, yeah, we, yeah. that we can't wait two days later. When he seems perfectly happy watching me play baseball. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't walk anymore, so you might as well sit and watch a baseball game. <laughs> I mean, his leg obviously heals. He saves the world from aliens. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. True, Four years true. later. It was yeah. his Independence Day. Right. And all of ours. I mean, it's the heart that makes it great. What a great um, line that is. Artie, you said you had a scouting nitpick. That was it. Before. Oh, 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 no one oh, has okay. the scouting report in the yeah. whole league okay, on Kit swinging at high pitches. Excellent. So yeah. we revisit that. I have a scouting nitpick, too. But, oh, I kind of... Well, mine is kind of a scouting nitpick as okay, well. Okay, you go first, Chris. Marla. I'm going back to Marla again. Okay. You're, you're, you're scouring the country for women who can play professional baseball in 1940-whatever. Probably not the easiest thing, right? Mm. You're and I get you're trying to. I know the product is like there's some like attractive women playing baseball, but you need them to actually be able to play baseball. You have maybe Babe Ruth of female baseball in the room. You're you're not gonna take her. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think there there might have been a mix as to what he was looking for. Maybe they told him, you know, yeah, good, but they got to be they got to be mean, marketable because there's only a, what was there four teams, six teams? Four. I think it was four, right? <clears throat> yeah. So I think they were looking for a they were looking for a, a finite type. I of hear player. you, but come on. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. Now, Artie, you kind of floated a nitpick too about them doing that tryout indoors with the with the windows that is, oh, in uh, the yeah. gymnasium. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I want to throw out there. Jay, I don't know if you were with the organization at this time. Me and Jay, me and Jay both worked for a travel organization that uh, ran showcases, and we ran a particular showcase where we promised the or I'm sorry, I'm lose the word. Wait, our owner was a bit of a gunslinger type of you know fast and loose guy, and he promised them live batting practice. And there was horrific weather that weekend. There were a lot of people that traveled. So we rented out an indoor facility. It wasn't a gym like that. There wasn't like bare windows around, but it was an indoor place with a high ceiling where you absolutely should not be doing anything like they were doing in this movie. And for uh, about 80 kids or so, we did that. And they all got live batting practice in there. Shattered a big light. Many many relationships were severed on that day. Like that was it was it was completely not cool. <laughs> like, oh I don't yeah. We're the uh, our organization was never allowed back to that place again. I think he, he was. Wow. They didn't talk to the owner again because it was basically what you saw in the movie. And I watching it this time. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Who would do? Th- oh. oh, it actually happened. God. I mean, yes, as I the manager know. of a large sports facility with hanging yeah. lights, yeah, there you go. I walked in and saw people hitting. Live BP. <laughs> I'd walk out with my hands up, be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, and and, and already is very very similar to your facility, same type of place. Yeah, yeah. So there you no go. No bueno. Just, both, uh, Jay, I don't know where you're involved. That's in like that we part. closed you know, for that, a week and fixed things. Okay, I, I have my my scouting uh, my scouting nitpick here. John Lovitz doesn't want Kit. Says she's a pitcher, doesn't want her. <laughs> Feels her arm. Feels her arm. <laughs> okay, no. That is yeah. not how we scout pitchers here. There's no, we're not scouting. We're not scouting bodybuilders or school. WWE wrestlers. You don't here. just no. grab ass and be like, no. "Yeah, you're a catcher." Your, your bicep does not dictate your pitching ability, and no scout has ever grabbed the pitcher's arm and went, "You know what? I have an extra train ticket for you." It's just that is just not how it's done. That is just not how it's done. You might as well grab like a, like a hockey player's arm right, and do right, that. Like right, it's right. Just, it's you got a mean slap shot, I mean, huh? Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher. In baseball, probably right now. I know he's injured, but he has also has probably the scrawniest arms in the right. game. Like it's just they're just the two <laughs> things just do not equate, and that has never happened in the history of the game. I promise you, no scout has ever grabbed the pitcher's bicep. It's creepy to begin with. She could have like, just but, as easily gotten that forearm from like milking a cow. Right. Know? Yes. Yeah. And just is not that muscle is not. It's not how you pitch. Like, that, that muscle has nothing to do with pitching, and, and most scouts would probably know that, even at that time. So I, I had to throw that one out there. I have a little petty baseball nitpicks if we want to throw them out there. Um, All right. Uh, the, the whole the whole cutoff arc at the end, you know, with Evelyn, and amazing scene with him oh, getting really, really mad. Is. Yeah, no, it's an incredible scene. But, like, right field is where you put your outfielder with the strongest arm. Like, it takes till Game 7 of the World Series for you to confront her, the fact that she can't Wait, throw the ball to the field. Well, he, she's in right field. No, center's all the way May. Center field's all the way. She's in right, she's does, the right fielder. No, it, it had come up in the movie previously. Right. He he did, 
But that's my that's, point is, is that's that, when he yells at her and she cries. That's the whole crying in yeah, baseball. And, and my point is that most coaches would have a player who has trouble throwing in left field, and it's a, that's a, that's a really baseball yeah. nitpicky thing. But yeah. like, what? Why would you put the weak arm in right field? Jay, am I am I she, am I yeah. lost there? She does such a good job when she realizes she's not going to get ripped out, you know, from it, and he's like re- restraining. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. Like, okay, I'm not going to get yelled so, at. I, I bring this up a lot. Karen knows. Uh, Tom Hanks does a great job of doing what they call it acting like the coiled spring. Where it's yes. like, oh, he, amazing. His anger is like he's holding it back really well. Like, but yeah. he wants to explode. You know, it gets like yeah. bigger as it goes, the coiled spring. That's like perfect. He's really good at that. Like, that's one of his And this is things. like over the top for yeah. him because the whole thing is like him shaking, he's shaking. And looking at her. <laughs> he so says good. so much without saying it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to work on it for next season. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Then he walks away shaking still. Yeah. Like, right, I can't really <laughs> like, that's like, that's like Tom Hanks at 10. Yeah. But like, it's so fun to watch. Yeah. You know? yeah. Last little petty outfield nitpick <laughs> there when there are when they there's no coach and they're saying well somebody's got to give a lineup and this this that and rosie o'donnell's arguing about being put into center field rosie o'donnell in center field like if rosie o'donnell herself wouldn't put herself in center field oh. I mean, she is the least center fielder of anyone in this movie i would have o- old man harvey out in center field before i'd have rosie, rosie arenado <laughs> yeah jeez uh any other nitpicks I no probably, i can end on probably but that's good yeah We're all right all right, then I'll just end on the last one. This is just kind of comes brings the full circle. We're talking about someone brought about the hecklers before. Yeah, um, not kind of not how that works. Like I've been I've been around a lot of fields with a lot of hecklers and all that, but it, hecklers are always in the background. It's the guy with the beer in the back shouting. It's not like, hey, uh, how, when are you gonna get a hit? Instead of having your sister carry you, you know, like, that's, yeah. come on, that's not how that, or the guy standing on the dugout. It's I'm a sorry. lot of like, it's the guy from the top row going, hey, wish you were your sister, huh? It's not like getting in their face and confronting. They're, they're passive, like, you know, minuscule the, types of characters. The first line, one of the hecklers, I thought these were Phillies fans. The first line, one of the hecklers says is, come on, lift up your skirt. Like, all right, bro, go to the the strip club if that's what you want. And then, you know, and then you just brought up Philadelphia, and I was like, oh, I guess maybe those friend-your-face hecklers do exist. They're Phillies fans. On the smaller fields where you can't hide behind stands and security guards, it's it's usually not, like, face-to-face confrontational. And and I don't know, but I guess maybe in some areas it is, I'm uh, sure those girls had to deal with a lot of shit. I, I will say that. Okay, so uh, we're gonna roll through some Twitter questions. We'll do recommends, and that's it, guys. Where this is uh, this is this is the end of your book. Like I said, the Twitter was was the blowing up today. We'll we'll kind of roll through it. Um, oh my god, I have 20 notifications as we're sitting here. Here we go. Okay, we'll start with uh, we'll start with friend of the podcast Beast at Beast eight one three one, and just well, just as a roundtable kick around ideas in a modern remake, who plays Hanks, Davis, Petty, and Madonna? So just kick around ideas. And I want to throw out, I said Grant was very proud of his recast. He wanted to recast uh, Madonna as Lady Gaga. Put Lady Gaga in that mix. I don't know if a Juilliard girl would be so great at the athletics end of it, but you know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I already said I think I think Charlize Theron could play Gina D- Davis' character. Don. Great choice. Um, thoughts for Hanks? Hmm. <laughs> uh, this I mean, Leo was obviously you could always put Leo in a in a spot. <laughs> yeah. Leo, Leo would be great. Brad Pitt would be good. Yeah. 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 He's already... more cool, calm though. The, yeah, the, the coiled, coiled spring, spring is yeah, yeah. The coiled spring is Leo. I think a little more there. I don't Kit? know why I thought of John Hamm. 
But nowadays they would have casted like Charlie Sheen because he you would have known him from a baseball movie, so he would have been. Oh like wow! I don't hate that at all. Yeah. Like a get a a, a, Car- like, a Charlie oh, Sheen yeah. comeback yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about uh, how about Lovitz? Recast Lovitz? Lovitz? <laughs> today, if it was like, made today. Maybe John Bill Burtz? Oh, say, that's pretty good. Version? That's Ryan pretty Reynolds. good. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's good. Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds could play the Tom Hanks character. Ryan Reynolds could play the Tom Hanks character. Yeah. Yeah. He could. He, do, he does that 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 uh, frenetic kind of energy thing really well. And your thoughts on Madonna? Leave her. Leave her. Play today's Madonna. Would, Let's have today's Madonna. A v- Ma- Madonna from Avita. No. <laughs> How about Rihanna? Uh, yeah, man. What, yeah. Artie? Bad from Battleship. Fame. I just want Madonna. I just want. Madonna. I actually thought of recasting the announcer. You know, the over the speaker with uh, Brockmire. Uh, oh, yes. Hey, yeah, yes, that's good. Dude, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Zaria. Yes. Yeah. Our own uh, Grant C kicks in. He couldn't. He couldn't just stay out of it. <laughs> couldn't leave well enough alone. Uh, how incredible is the casting of the '92 versions of the characters, like the uh, the older Loaded people? Loaded questions. How yeah. incredible? <laughs> Wait, not mean, incredible he's at all. Gina, or he's meaning the older the older people, like games. playing them yeah, roles. They're so all we great. Yeah, I think they're Jason all covered all the casting questions. Yeah, and uh, and again, this is more of a comment than a question. David Strathern was born to play people living in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, no, I think we covered that. Who said that? Grant Z. Watch Good Night and Good Luck. Okay, this is the one that uh, that set people off here. Uh, Zeta Short wrote, Is Madonna a good actress? I think oh, she's no. serviceable in this movie. I, I Honestly, I haven't seen Evita probably since if it came out. If you're talking about yeah. this movie, she's pitch perfect for this movie. For this, character. she's perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I have not I, seen Evita, so I couldn't I'm going to say yes. Yeah, Karen, what was the other movie you mentioned? Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Evita, which is her big spot. I have, this is to me, this is, uh, Dick Tracy was the other one you said, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know yes. this and Dick Tracy, I, I, I like yes. her in both those movies. Yes. I mean, the yes. perfectly fine in, in what she does here. You know what, she's in a lot of music videos, she has good in those. I think she's perfectly fine. I don't think she's blowing anybody away, but... If you want to check us out on on Twitter, there's a long thread of people arguing about this. Uh, I, it seems like there's some people saying that her her current persona today, uh, you know, she's a little nutty that, today, right? and that maybe that that makes people look at her in retrospect and kind of have issues with their acting. I I, I, I think she's pretty that, fair. I don't think that's it's fair. Not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. But that's the theory is that that's the people are are, are looking back. Maybe you can never watch any movie. Yeah, <laughs> I I really like her in this movie. I'm sure we'll revisit this with Grant, who did not like her at all in this movie. Uh, I think he would have, she would have been his LVP. So maybe we have to get him in the mix in a future uh, a future scenario here. Um, Grant's in a league of his own on that one. Peterson W. Hill, who famously was the deciding vote in our rom com tournament. If this movie flopped, does Hanks have the career he does today? He was struggling to figure out his identity at the time. No, that's true. Uh, Penny Marshall actually said she, he wanted the role because he had done a couple of flops. And he wow, this I didn't before Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. This is ninety two. Philadelphia is ninety three. Had, had a couple of bombers. Ninety four. Yeah. yeah sure Philadelphia is ninety three. Uh, probably did Joe versus the volcano. Yeah. Right that well, that was a good big movie, but he did a couple. Right before that didn't do great, I guess. Right. I, I so think, she so cast him. He wanted the role because he needed the hit. Yes, I think Tom Hanks would have found his identity regardless. 
I think that depends on whether he had already got the gig for Philadelphia. Yeah. Because it goes on to make his two greatest, arguably greatest movies, right? Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. So if he's already doing Philadelphia, he's going to get that acclaim. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jay, just in the sense that I don't know that he, that this is the movie that got him cast in Philadelphia. I think Jonathan Demme uh, had an eye on him. I would have to think. I mean, that's what I'm right. saying too. I don't think. Yeah. Such I don't a think comedy. if he did bad, if this movie didn't do well, I don't think that would have ended his career. I think he would have had a great career anyway. Right. Yeah, I think that Zemeckis probably cast him in in Gump because of his success in Philadelphia. So uh, there's a little bit of a snowball right. there. But this and, might and have Ron, Ron Howard too in Apollo 13. So guys, I have a couple. Of the, I have some of the movies he had he had done leading up to this. Okay. So he does Dragnet uh, with uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd, which I don't think did very well. And then he does The Burbs, which I love, by the way. The movie's way. funny. It's really good, but I don't know if it did well. He, he does Money Pit, which I think was a hit. Uh, and then he goes into Joe vs. the Volcano. That's 1990. That's leading up. Isn't he doing Sleepless around now? He's or is steady. He's Turner, steady Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch wasn't great. When Sleepless in Seattle, that's a key point, too, Jay. I think that's after. 93. Okay, yeah. so that's after this. Philadelphia is 93 as well. Okay, so, so after he's... this movie, he starts to take off. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. So, so if he fails, movie this definitely movie, helps him. He probably still gets more chances, like Sleepless yeah. and Seattle. But this I movie definitely helps. I him. agree yeah, with. Sure. And he also does Big in 1988. So I mean, that's a huge one. But he had a couple of weird. He's nominated for actor in Big, I think. Right. That's a great. I movie. think he is. Yeah. It's not unfair. I agree with Artie that he would have done well without this, but it does definitely help. It helps propel him to the next. And movie. he helped himself propel himself. Through his performance in this movie. Jay, I'm going to ask this next question to you. This is uh, Alex Bonaparte, and uh, Alex asks, Is there crying in baseball, Jay? Yes. I've seen it firsthand. Where is it acceptable? Where is it not? Oh, um, I've seen it on the mound. I've seen it in the dugout. I've seen it out in the field. So, you know, who's to say where it's acceptable? Well, but, you are. Uh, what? Yeah, you're, the, you're answering We're the question. You. you tell us when it's acceptable. I don't know when it's acceptable. It's a, I, I, it all depends on the player. But yes, this crying in baseball it happens, and it depends on yeah. how you coach that in response to it. Yeah, I mean, I would say like, like largely speaking, in between the lines, there's no crying in baseball. I, I would, I would go with Hanks. I will say there's, there are moments of high emotion. Where the happy cry or the retrospective cry, like for instance, like the Jose Fernandez moment where you know a player passes away and, and then a guy Gordon hits a home, D Gordon hits the home run. Right. That's that's where there's crying yeah. baseball. That's but different. like, yeah, but like you know, uh, not being a whiny yeah, baby. Yeah, whining. Yeah, not being a whiny baby or not being able to take the heat. You got to yeah. be able to take the heat in the game of wrestling because it's so unforgiving. It's a it's an unforgiving, grueling every day in the heat sport. And uh, I think that's what what the Dugan was going for. There's no right. Like baseball. baseball doesn't care about your feelings, you know. Unfortunately, no. there is crying in Cooperstown when you get there and you see, you know, you see uh, Francis. That's you know, <laughs> right. Like she's yeah. crying because she missed the cutoff by accident. Now getting yelled at for it. Yes, like, there's no crying in that instance. That's not. Chris, is there crying in hockey? 
There is absolutely no crying no matter what. <laughs> and no excuse. Yeah, there's no. You get cut by a blade in the throat. If you, uh, if you spit out all your teeth into your palm of your yeah. hand, you still don't cry. Like, that's it's right. Not, not that happening. That was a much easier question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, and we'll we'll end on this one. And this is a tough one because we don't normally go down this road here at Best Picture Cast. It's from our very own Joey R. This is a PG movie, so I'm going to ask this question as as. 1993 PG as I can. Okay, and this is going to be a make love, marry, kill situation. Ooh, I love a make love, marry, kill. Okay, oh, you said that very PG. Okay. Yes, we're saying PG. You know, he asked the question more of a PG 13, he used the word bang. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, I don't want to go the rated R. Are you doing it chronologically? I'm going to give you the question. Yeah. Okay. Kit. In a league of their own, Tyler in Point Break, or Tank Girl in Tank Girl. So uh, make love, marry, kill between I mean, those three characters. I'm definitely marrying Point Break. I I don't disagree with that. I'm definitely killing Kit. And oh, well, you're going. You're gonna. Uh, you're gonna just have a, have a night with the post apocalyptic Tank Girl. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyone have a disagreement? I don't think there's that's... a different answer, but okay, you guys. Might. I have not seen Tank Girl, but the other two, by default, make Tank Girl the one I just make love to. Already <laughs> <laughs> so. hates having to edit himself. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he rolled his eyes as he said that, just for the listener at home. Before we say goodbye here, uh, we're gonna say recommends for uh, League of Their Own, a movie we, we would uh, we would throw your way. I'll go first here. Uh, mine's a movie that we mentioned briefly here. Uh, Ridley Scott's Thelma and Louise. Gina Davis, you get to see her in her prime in both movies. You get to see the uh, the, the women empowerment uh, theme really wonderfully executed in both movies. Um, also one of Brad Pitt's first movies, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Susan, wonderful Susan Sarandon performance. Some great early 90s country in that movie. Yeah, I, 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 I need know, to rewatch that one that. again. I, I watched it uh, recently. I'm going on, uh, I'm going on to a, a, a little special episode of 1001 by 1. With Adam from Rewind uh, twenty five fifty two, uh, to to go through Ridley Scott's entire filmography, I'm looking. I'm going to do it with Mike from Cinemas. The three of us are going to do a kind of a an all star episode there to tribute uh, as a tribute for uh, Ian uh, Woodington. So that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I so I watched uh, Donald Lee's wonderful. Yeah. Movie. I'm in on the uh, Tony Scott tribute. Yes, I'm all a, right. Tony Scott kind of yes, guy. Love it's that. funny you say that. I just thought of this myself. I watched Days of Thunder for the first time awesome. last weekend. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe I like Tony Scott more Dude. than Ridley Scott. Get, like, take Gladiator out of it. And I'm like, Tony Scott makes it. He's super stylistic. Clean, like, perfect action films, Man on right? Fire. I just watched right. Man on Fire recently. Amazing, dude. Awesome. Dude, that's one of the best action movies yeah. there is. Art is a big Scott Brothers. Gun, right? Top Artie's, yeah, Top Gun. Right. Artie's a big Scott Brothers fan in oh, general. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, free. Yeah. Scott free. Scott yeah. free. Uh, yeah, so Thelma uh, Louise, you will not you will not disappoint. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome movie, great road trip movie, great. Uh, and when we it, just to go back to our little Green Book criticism there, talk about doing great cinematography in a road trip. Chris, I think you brought that point up in the yeah, rankings yeah, episode, yeah, and yeah. totally nailed it. Yes, um, Artie, you recommend to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Wow, whoa, Patrick Swayze, John yeah. Leguizamo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley Snipes, right? Wesley Snipes, uh, three drag queens just show up to a town and upend the town. Fucking awesome! Is it a road trip movie? I guess this is because this is kind of a road trip movie. It is a road trip. It is. Yeah, it starts off as a road trip and they end up in a town. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
It's around the same era, too, right? Around the same time. Probably yeah. mid-90s. Yeah, yeah mid. Yeah. It's actually a very funny movie. I highly recommend that movie. Yeah. Jay, recommend. I'm going to say get on the Penny Marshall uh, bandwagon and watch Big. Mm. Yeah. I definitely her. If this isn't her best movie, then Big is. Um, I'm looking through her filmography, and it's she could have done pff, 20 more movies. Uh, she's no longer with us, but she does... Big Awakenings and A League of Their Own in mm-hmm. four years. Yeah. And then um, and then she takes looks like time off in between a lot of movies. And she, if you want to see her at her best, A League of Their Own and Big are Absolutely. the two and, of the greatest movies. And nominated for Best Director in Awakenings. So. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, Four-year span yeah. right there. Yeah, cool. All right, I'm going to go a similar route as Kieran, uh, going with a, a Gina Davis uh, uh, deep dive and... Uh, Artie, Beetlejuice, gotta watch Beetlejuice. Dude. It's a it's a great one. She's it's it, it's it's the start of her run. You know her big run with uh, this Beetlejuice, Thelma Louise, League of Their Own. Man, it, this is the first one and it's awesome. It's right. super weird. It's it's classic Tim Burton. Great Michael Keaton. Great Michael. Um, I mean, and, out, out of control Michael Keaton. Just I'm in. And Alec Baldwin is kind of Artie B in that movie. Like, he just doesn't leave the house. He sits <laughs> <laughs> like there. A lot of plaid. <laughs> well, I'm not sure Artie. A lot of plaid. Artie, you may be, like, this, this movie, they're dead and they can't leave their own house because they're, they're ghosts. You know, what, you know what's funny is Alec Baldwin and the uh, the cat in the hat is similar oh, to me. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, that's not a good thing either. <laughs> he's disturbing. No, he movie. is. But at one point, he's literally just sitting in the chair with like six empties next to him watching TV, complaining right. about the dog. And I'm like, I can get behind this. <laughs> I've called you Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice many times. You just like oh, nodded yeah. your head and laughed. I, I didn't know. realize you've never seen the movie. No, I don't know. Yeah, please, please watch that one. And that was on in my house all the time growing up. That VHS was yeah. worn out. Me too. It was. That was yeah. one that... Yeah. Oh, I could have said every line of the movie. Yeah, yeah growing up, it's kind of like a, a, a freaky dark movie in some it areas. Is, it's yeah, really it's not probably PG right? It's, it's a very, it, it's a very eighties movie to me. Like, mm. not I mean that in, a, in the best way possible. Like, just a weird, just weird eighties were weird. Dude. I'm it was obsessed a weird with era. Winona Ryder. I love. Oh, well, oh, this that's is, another reason people love another reason to watch yeah. it. Dude. Like, her and Mr. De- her, that and Mr. Deeds are just the best. And scissor hands. And scissor hands, yeah, dude, scissor hands. That's cool. okay. So there are four recommends there. Uh, Jay, you have a Tom Hanks double feature with uh, with Big. Uh, me and Chris have a uh, Gina Davis double feature. I have Thelma and Louise, and Chris picked Beetlejuice. Artie picked Two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. There we go. Uh, so guys, we did it. A League of Their Own, our sports movie tournament winner. I think Chris, you were the one pushing for us to do the sports movie tournament. You made it to the finals. Um, I'll let you have the final word here. I am upset that I lost, but I lost to a good movie and an even better guy. There it RDB. is. That's right. I don't appreciate your condescending tone. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said I'd let you have the final word, but I lied. Cardi, you're the you're the champ. I was wondering yeah. about that. I'm like, why is the yeah. runner up getting the final word? So before Jay, any any thoughts? No, I'm good. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, Artie, take us home. So. Realistically, I had this movie projected number one going into the draft. That's how good I am. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> yes. This but, used to be my playground, you know, and here we go. Already being Grand C taking over. Thanks, everyone, for uh, voting. And P. 
Peace. There's no crying <laughs> in podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. RDB, the champion, now and forever. The next time you hear from us, you will be hearing us talk about Lawrence of Arabia, two-part episode. We're kicking off season four. Going to be awesome, guys. We'll talk to you then. And girls. This used to be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. This used to be the place.